0: Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you.
1: We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons.
0: We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill made you go click 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 it's real easy man
2: i heartily endorse this event or product
0: ahoy hoy everybody welcome to talking simpsons where we poke fun of life's little foibles i'm your host the drunk on love and beer bob Mackey And this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today. Fan of yellow fatty beans, Henry Gilbert. And who do we have on the line? Uh, This is cold faithful Merrick Kay. (laughs) And today's episode is Natural Born Kissers.
2: If you'll look to the left side of the aircraft, you'll see Homer and Marge Sampson, who are celebrating with us today their 11th anniversary. (laughs)
0: today's episode aired on may 17th 1998 and as always henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history
3: <gasps> oh
0: my god oh boy
1: bobby the final episode of seinfeld airs to uh, some oh. controversy oh my god murphy brown also ends its time on the air to less dislike <laughs> And uh, ten days after this episode airs, oh no, Phil Hartman will pass away in a murder-suicide by his wife. Uh, so this is the she last. takes her own life. Ish.
0: This is the last episode to air before his death. Then. Yes, because it's the season finale. Yeah, this oh, is the wow.
1: season finale. Yeah, uh, he uh, he will he passes away on uh, May 27th. It's uh, very sad, uh, and his uh, his final episode appearance is in the second episode of season two, third episode of season two about the mother. Yes. Yes. He's uh,
0: playing Troy McClure in an educational film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, uh, boy, sorry. I don't want to bring everybody down with that, uh, it's sad it's uh that's simply just sad but that Seinfeld finale yeah
0: that explains the chalkboard gag and there's another Seinfeld connection with the writer of this episode oh sorry Merritt.
4: yeah no I was just watching this episode I was like oh this is immediately dated for me I know exactly when this was but I didn't realize they had timed it to be with the finale
1: this is an interesting time where like in the next episode we do in the history section it's like the premiere of that 70s show and we're just getting to see the eras of television that the Simpsons Arc through the entire way, and this, like, the end of Murphy Brown and Seinfeld, both of which were, you know, referenced and parodied on Simpsons, Murphy Brown more than Seinfeld. Like, now they're both ending while Simpsons is not even entering the end of its first third. Yeah,
0: they like, both yeah. begin around 88, 89, right? Mm-hmm. Seinfeld and uh, Murphy Brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, I was there. I mean, uh, I think it was just event TV. Everyone was there for the Seinfeld finale if you're old enough. And... I,
4: I was there, and I definitely wasn't old enough. Well, But I was being babysat by my cousin and she wanted to watch it and so I sort of got some of it and was like, I have no idea what this is.
0: It was really made just for fans of the show because it was nothing Mm -hmm. but callbacks and I guess because of that there wasn't a whole lot of substance but I felt like it was weird that everybody hated it. I get it why but it was a love letter to people who watched Seinfeld for nine years. Like here is every character you remember from the show just coming back to remind you of their bits.
1: I think people disliked it because it seemed like an indictment of the show to just say like, no, Every person you liked on the show was awful, which was always the point of the show to Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, but that w- that they were like, no, these are selfish monsters who did bad things, and if you were to actually list in court the things they did in previous episodes, yeah. this is criminal behavior done by awful people. And yeah. They deserve to go to jail.
0: I don't think most people watch Seinfeld in chronological order. You just watch whatever episode is on TBS or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I did that about a decade ago, and I noticed that in the uh, final two years that larry david the show did get like very very mean and cruel it happens to a lot of shows where you wonder why the characters even can stand each other or even around <laughs> each other because like you clearly just want to kill each other but the one thing i remember from this uh, finale of seinfeld is before the finale there was a an, uh, like hour-long special about mm-hmm. the show and it was mm-hmm. the last time you could use the green day song good riddance in parentheses time of your life <laughs> non-ironically
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the last time i remember that yes yeah Well, and it felt so weird because the show,
1: they even said it in that documentary about their rule was no hugging and all that. And then they're like, well, then the hugs were behind the scenes. We need to let you know that these people loved each other at least. I remember just liking it at the time, even though I think, you know, the next day, unlike Today Show or other things, we're like, some people didn't like it. And it was more of a slow reaction, unlike the instantaneous or really like a month beforehand negative reaction to the game of thrones finale yeah. from, from uh, recently
0: i was not trying to do a uh, me and intellectual reaction to the seinfeld <laughs> like actually i liked it but i was surprised to go on online and like gradually over time see that narrative unfold like it was this famously hated thing when everyone i talked to who was in my high school and around my age we all enjoyed it and we're kind of sad to see seinfeld go away
1: does anybody remember the last episode of murphy brown before <laughs> the comeback season
0: they just did. she finally made it back to meepos <laughs>
1: so in murphy brown uh the final episode was interesting at the time because it was like an anti-finale where they imply that characters are moving on or retiring or whatever but instead like nah, they're not doing that they they just uh like that one of the guys the old anchor who worked with murphy brown he's like oh i'm gonna retire and then he met one of the 60 minute guys who's older than him he's like i'm gonna do this for another 10 years and so dan fontana stuck around it was an
4: anti finale. I,
0: I watched a lot like of Murphy. It's like the angel finale. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> they just keep going. They just keep doing it. But I will say that um, I'm of the age where Murphy Brown to me was, or not Murphy Brown, but Kenneth Bergen to me was mainly the sprint lady. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was growing ah. up, she did ads for sprints in the 90s. That's mainly what I remember her from. I think there was a picture of her on my internet login screen because we had Sprint. It was the first (laughs) dial-up connection we ever had. Um, And that's sort of, I associate her with the internet and like the phone, not with like any of her like acclaimed television appearances.
0: Wow. I I watched a lot of Murphy Brown as a kid, as a precocious kid, and I I did enjoy it even though I didn't get a lot of it. But while watching it, I thought, this is teaching me about politics.
1: (laughs) John Sununu, I know who that is now. I've learned so
0: much. uh, George Stephanopoulos.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the Phil Hartman stuff, honestly, let, why don't we say that for Bart the Mother and not get yeah, mired down yeah. in sad things right now?
0: We've but, had that ticking clock over our head for about a year now. I
1: think we've talked about it almost every Phil Hartman episode, probably, so you've, you've heard enough, gentle listener. Why don't we talk to our guest instead? Hey, what's up? Hey, Merit. Welcome back, folks. Uh, might Remember You from previous episodes, <laughs> the uh, the Larry Burns episode, Burn Baby Burns.
4: Yeah, uh, that's the Ronnie Dangerfield episode, and I I want to just say that since I was on that episode, I've been out to karaoke and done Rappin' Rodney twice. Oh. Uh, the last time we did it was actually last week as of this recording and um, <laughs> my roommate requested it. But about six months before that, the uh, the KJ was just like, hey, anyone remember this classic hit? And we were just like, yes, we have it. <laughs> we have a record of it. So like, yes, absolutely. We're going to do it. No rapping in this episode. Um, as Sadly. far as I can tell, boy,
0: I <laughs> never. Know Rodney. I never look for rap and Rodney at karaoke. Now I want to. It's...
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably sort of a rare. A rare <laughs> find. Uh, this guy is just a real Rodney head.
1: Did it go over well? The karaoke performance.
4: I think him? people liked it. Yeah, <laughs> it was all. It was one of those karaoke bars where it was like all like musical theater kids who had their own tambourine and were doing like just the most beautiful renditions of songs that really makes you want to like punch them in the face. <laughs> um, like, get out of here, go on idle. What's the matter with you? But uh, and I think watching this episode. No, I, I've watched Simpsons since, since, since the last time I was on the show. But not a whole lot. This this was sort of a the first time in a minute for me. Would
1: we be wrong to call you a sex expert
4: Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> what are my credentials? I did write a column for a while for a site called Mel Magazine, which is a very, very good website. And uh yeah, it was a lot of advice. And a lot of that advice was about dating and sex. So yeah, I guess you I, know, I, I have been joking. paid to do it. So um <laughs> So there's that.
1: A uh, big reason we wanted you on this one because me and Bob are sex negative. We don't like it. <laughs> it's good, terrible. it's bad. It's <laughs> filthy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is like the sexiest, kinkiest episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, I think maybe ever. It's eh, uh, today. It's
0: a I think it's a tie between this and grandpa versus sexual inadequacy. Oh, yeah. I was yeah.
4: just yeah, I had that episode written down because I definitely have the two confused in my head because the premise is like very similar. They go off in different directions because the Grandpa episode ends up being about more about him and Homer. But I definitely thought the Aphrodite Inn was in this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, and also Grandpa plays a major role in both episodes. He does. Yeah, or at least in this one that, as that, a B plot, that
4: weird B plot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, It is
0: bizarre.
1: As a kid, I well, like fourteen. I guess this was maybe one of the first things I watched that uh, introduced me to the idea of like bad death in a marriage and mm. finding kinks to spice things up. Though this is, uh, I mean. On the spectrum
0: of
4: kinks,
1: I guess the their exhibitionism is a light one. I suppose.
4: I guess it depends on who you ask. Mm, yeah, that's true.
0: So we have a kinkometer here. <laughs>
4: <laughs> any, any... I mean, should they be thrown in jail for it? Some people would say so. Also, I want to note really quickly that this is the first episode that shows Marge's butt.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: and I know this not because I poured over everyone, but because of the Simpsons Wikipedia, I, I kind of wonder whether this is the episode that spawned sort of the genre of like Simpsons porn, which I don't believe that mm. anyone has ever experienced as anything but like a, an ad on the side of another website.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, It's I, like,
4: hey, I, click I, on this. Don't you want to see like Marge naked? I'm like, oh, really? I, I mean, <laughs> I <you know? laughs> choose to believe,
0: I mean, I choose to believe it does not exist beyond that ad. That ad sends you too long like piracy town and <laughs> virus. Yeah.
4: I, yeah. I, I mean, obviously anything people want to, but like, I wonder if this was like, someone was like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's my thing.
1: Or it at least told the people who make those banner ads like this must be somebody's thing, if right?
4: <laughs> Someone's like, "There's money to be made here."
0: I say, if you really want to catch the eye, use a less uh, use a less popular show like Alan Gregory characters doing it <laughs> at your Pornhub banners. I mean, you'll just you'll confuse people. They'll be intrigued. Like I kind of remember this after Glee, watching some of this after Glee, they'll click on it. You'll just feed them viruses and you'll get their bank account numbers.
1: If I had to pick between the Simpsons ones and the Family Guy ones, I'd go oh with boy. Simpsons. I yeah, think, but yeah, but just barely.
4: <laughs> they're all they're all <laughs> they're all really bad to see. Yeah. Uh, Not to yuck anyone see them, but <laughs> oh no. <laughs> boy, boy. Like one of the things actually that struck me, and I don't know if we want to just take it from the beginning of the episode, because I'm jumping into things now.
1: Oh, I mean we we'll go scene by scene, well, but feel free to jump ahead right yeah. now. Okay. Yeah.
4: So there's something like really weird to me about Simpsons porn, because like mm-hmm. in this episode, like that in this episode, there's the scene where they're in the, what's the name of the, the airplane buffet?
0: Oh, up, up in buffet. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're, they're sitting there and they're kind of like, depressed that this is their anniversary and they had meant to go to the Gilded Truffle, which is across the street. And they see this couple like feeding each other melted cheese. Oh, oh fondue, fondue yeah. yeah. And the couple is drawn in the style of Simpsons characters that are meant to be like hot, but and it cuts back to Margin and Homer and like this couple has, like, eyes that look more like eyes. They're sort of, like, wearing makeup in a way that you can tell, and, like, their bodies look a little different, and it's, like, whenever there are hot people on The Simpsons, basically the way they do it is just make them look more like people
0: <laughs> and not have these, like, huge goggle eyes. I think the issue is that over time, they would design new characters that look, look more like people and have people, like, regular yeah. people's um, anatomy. But if you look at everyone designing, like, season one and two, they are all these grotesque monsters that are just, like, <laughs> painted the weirdest colors and have the weirdest hairlines yeah. and beard lines but after that if you look at guest characters over time they gradually become more uh, human-like in realistic Yeah ways. and I
4: mean also obviously with celebrity guests they are really getting very close so you can tell at mm. a glance but like they're not really in Simpson Simpsons style so it is this weird kind of like divergence over time but even just in that scene like oh these are the beautiful people <laughs> why isn't anyone like advertising stuff of these people? The adaptation of
1: Marge just in this episode too they have to add so many more curves to her. Like she, mm-hmm. in her natural design, she's not exactly a tube, but there's not many curves to
0: her. No, and, no.
1: But uh, in, in several shots, even when she's clothed, it's like, I've never seen Marge like that before. <laughs> That's.
0: <laughs> but I have to say, what is sexier than sex is job security. <laughs> and nobody knows that more than the writer of today's episode, Matt Selman. So he is, this is his first credit episode. Let's do a little bit of a bio on Matt Selman. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys, I gotta jump around IMDB, read interviews with him. It's very easy because he's worked on this, The Simpsons. <laughs> Just- <laughs> the Simpsons. So, uh, brief bio, he graduated from the University of Pennsylvania, not a Harvard guy.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he went to Los Angeles to enter the world of TV writing. According to him, his first job in the TV world was as a quote-unquote lunch-getter on Ellen's sitcom. <laughs> that's funny. Wow. That's
1: extra funny because one of our previous guests, Kate Raft, talked about being Matt Selman's
0: lunch-getter uh, once upon a time. The so. lunch-getter <laughs> becomes the lunch-getted <laughs> in the TV world. So... His uh, TV credits are, uh, in, in 1996, he got a story by credit on a Seinfeld episode. It's called The Wait Out. And the A story in that is that George accidentally breaks up a married couple that both Elaine and Jerry were waiting out because they both oh, wanted to date yeah. each oh, partner. Yes. And I there's a B story about Kramer having very tight jeans. Yeah. Uh, so Matt Classic. Selman got the story by credit with the other writer, but he did not do the teleplay, so mm. he does not even have it like a written by credit before <laughs> Prior the Simpsons. To
1: Simpsons. He definitely seems like the type of Dan Grady told us in in his thing. I just remember that phrase all the time. Scully's years were the de Harvardifying of yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's the type of hire that Selman is. Like he's also he was 26 at the time of hiring, so definitely on the young end of Simpsons he writers. Went to us. State, state school? Yeah. <laughs> I
0: what? spit that word out of my mouth. I went to state <laughs> schools. He still works at The Simpsons, by the way. Uh, he has 29 credited episodes, second only to John Schwartzwelder's 59. That is according to the wiki. I think it counts individual segments, so it could be a little bit off. It's like three or four tree houses. Yeah, right yeah, but up. still yeah. Uh, he's got about half of Schwartzwelder's.
1: Yeah, which wow. honestly though, I think he would have surpassed the Schwartzwelder thing except he moved up the ranks to co-executive producer. Yeah, a long so th- time ago. So that meant he stopped getting written by credits on there even though it is his impact on the show only increased from there like i think Swartzwelder's number will never be beaten because he stayed on that long as a writer and never graduated to another place or to a higher position that would make him not
0: write for like 14 years Yeah, yeah yeah so
1: that seems unlikely that anybody will pass it it's it's funny to hear him on this commentary talk about being in the junior position when he wrote this one because by even the time they recorded it and now he's It's like so major a part of The Simpsons.
0: So he did a lot for the video games, too. So this uh, era, of The Simpsons, is when they actually started getting writers from the show to write the game. So the first game that he quote-unquote wrote was The Simpsons Road Rage, which was the Crazy Taxi oh, clone. Yeah, And after that, he wrote all of the uh, games of the aughts with another Simpsons writer. So things like uh, Hit and Run and The Simpsons mm-hmm. game were written by uh, Matt Selman and somebody else from the show. Mm-hmm. Which is why the writing on those games is very, very good. Unlike everything that came before where they just had some <laughs> programmer say, what would Bart say? Something? <laughs> yeah, that?
4: like um, you know, all the NES games like Bart versus the Space Mutants and uh, <laughs> Simpsons, Bart Simpson versus the World, where he fights Mr. Burns' relatives i think
1: yeah. yeah that's right as the simpsons show became less liked by fans the video games only increased in popularity with fans because it was finally seemingly being written by somebody who not only understood what playing a video game is yeah but but also all of the simpsons references i just watched friend of the show matt mcmuscles he's doing a bunch of uh you know gameplay things with classic simpsons games and we did road rage it reminded me of like wow they had a million jokes in here like eight billion references to episodes everybody remembers that mm-hmm. it feels like even a good uh, good simpsons game like virtual springfield didn't really come at it from a fan's perspective like Not selman really. and the other people who worked on it
0: did he's never left the show and uh, he's sort of like unofficial sh- co-showrunner at this point with the uh, Jean yeah so he yeah. he
1: runs his own rooms uh for some episodes like so I think it's like a four to 18 mix, like that Al Jean is the showrunner for 18 episodes and Matt Selman's the showrunner for four other ones. And that's about as much power as you're going to get before Al Jean retires in The the Simpsons.
0: (laughs) But I think that his era on the show really shows how TV changed and TV development deals changed. Because up until this point, every writer was leaving for the fat development deals where they just pay you to make things that don't work. They pay you to make a bunch of pilots that never get picked up. At this point in the time, TV is changing where they don't just throw a ton of money at somebody just because they're a writer for The Simpsons. (laughs) And that's why he stayed on the show for so long. I'm sure he enjoys it too, but you see TV is changing so much that former writers are just coming back to cling to the rock (laughs) that is The Simpsons. This This is the era where Al Jean is finding his way back to the show after getting yeah. one of those fat Disney development deals. The,
4: what was he doing? He was working on Teen Angel. Yeah. That was his, oh and they, my God, seriously? Yeah, yeah, he did
0: The Critic first, and then I'm sure uh, he and Mike Reese did a bunch of pilots or pitched a bunch of shows, but Teen Angel was the other one that they worked oh on before. That was a yeah. uh,
4: like a one-season TGIF?
0: Yep. Oh, Yeah, oh, yeah,
4: <laughs> I remember watching that. So, <laughs> also, though, I think
1: Selman, uh, he's another interesting bit of the new era of Simpsons because I think, even more than Bill and Josh at the time of the writing, I think he was more plugged into what the hardcore Simpsons fans were saying online than a lot of other writers were. Partially, I think, thanks to his youth, mm-hmm. but like he, uh, he no- doesn't shy away from controversy. He wrote that 90s show, oh, yeah, and uh, didn't see- wait, what? Oh, sorry, the, the Simpsons episode that. 90s show, which was the one that retroactively changed the canon of The Simpsons for Marge and Homer going to school in the 90s and and having
0: Bart Uh, then.
3: uh (laughs) It's not a great episode.
0: And now that show is uh, over a decade old. Yep, They have to make a 2000 show one now. (laughs) But uh, one other thing for this episode before we get started, the director has only directed one episode of The Simpsons. His name is Clay Hall. He worked on the show from uh, seasons three to seven and he was hired away for King of the Hill where he would direct oh. episodes until 2003. Um, notably, he was one of the many great talented artists on the Mighty Mouse, the new adventure show, which is mm. sort of like the crucible through which all modern great TV animation was formed. Also, John Kay was part of that for an and Stimpy, but yeah. uh, people like Tom Minton and Jim Reardon and like all of these people people who are just would go on to become animation legendaries. They all worked on um, the new adventures of Mighty Mouse. Or sorry, Mighty Mouse the new adventures.
1: Well, one the Jim Reardon connection is an interesting one with Clay Hall. He also worked with Reardon and I, I believe on uh, Garfield and Friends too. And he worked on Bobby's World and Family Dog before oh Simpsons. Oh my god, wow. And yeah the Clay with a K. He joined up on The Simpsons. His earliest credit is on Homer the Heretic with the production season four first episode. Okay. Though it also seems like he was if he was working on Bobby's World and Gar, uh, Garfield that means he was in the film roman staff so i think he like transitioned over there and he worked a ton with reardon before he reached the level of assistant director he worked with a bunch of different of the major directors but when he became an assistant director he worked he was an assistant director on basically every jim reardon episode for like three years and then when reardon became supervising director of the show that's when clay finally got his first directing full director's credit on simpsons with this episode
0: at this point in time he was full-time on king of the hill but i think he was just available and in, in the film roman building uh, to okay. make an episode because at this point for our miniseries talking of the hill we talked about a lot of episodes that he directed oh, like okay. the company man and uh, order of the straight arrow and things wow. like that so, so he so, just yeah. had
1: an open slot in his schedule it he- seems like
0: it but it's a good episode
1: and he'd graduate to be a supervising director on king of the hill for uh, the 99 to 2003 seasons so i saw. He's an interesting guy, this Clay Hall guy. Never, And then, of course, there's what he has most re- recently been working on.
0: Director of Planes?
1: Yes. Disney's Planes, or Pixar's oh, no. Disney's Planes. <laughs> uh,
0: they're like cars. They go up in the sky sometimes. Yeah.
1: That movie was so interesting, just because it was like Disney sneaking a Pixar sequel out. They're like, it's in the world of cars, but they're planes.
0: What about I Can See It Now? Bikes this <laughs> uh, summer.
1: And he, and he also worked on the Tinkerbell movie, but he kind of I think got lost in the shuffle of like like Disney sequel division was kind of getting phased out by the early 2000s. They, they were transitioning to like, uh, now I think it's funny. We all made fun of their direct to video sequels for stuff, but is that more or less like, uh, artistically bankrupt than remakes of Lion King and Aladdin? Like, mm. at I least mean, I were, think yeah. the, uh, the
4: direct to video stuff is like, that's just- sort of happening, right? To a degree. Like the TV series and stuff too. There's that series about, or those movies about like the kids of villains. That oh, yeah.
1: They have those adaptations, but they don't have like direct continuations anymore that are TV Oh, series, right. So. No
4: direct sequels. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: I just heard about The Descendants and that's because I was staying at a Disney hotel uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and it was just running on a loop. And my husband had to tell me, like, no, 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 this is the third in the series of musicals starring the
4: children of Disney villains. So <laughs> all, I was like, it's, it's basically uh, Disney Runaways.
1: I I felt eight million years old learning about this. <laughs> I mean, I think
4: it's a really good premise. But I like.
0: I hey, I, the kids today.
4: I've never seen it. It seems her. like a good idea.
0: I I can't care about that because right now we're going through a bonkers Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, what? everything else is off the table. Uh, finally, Disney recognized their failed TV show Bonkers by <laughs> releasing a pin. And uh, I asked for one online and Henry got me one, but then I got two more. So now I have three out of the 4,000 made uh, Bonkers oh my pins. God. So there you have bonkers. it, folks. Wow, yeah. yeah. I hate Bonkers, by the way. People are like, do you like Bonkers? No, <laughs> I hate Bonkers. <laughs> but this thing called irony exists. I mean, can I'm a I tell
4: fan you what of 10
0: I'll say 3.8, Henry. Uh
4: I'm gonna say five five point three.
0: No, it's a six point nine. What? Whoa that feels like a joke. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Um yeah, no, it's uh, anyway. It's <laughs> totally nuts. I'll yeah. say a joke,
0: not be by me, but A C A B. All cops are bonkers.
3: <laughs> oh my god.
4: I wish. Uh,
0: okay, let's talk about only... the substance. Yay. Yeah,
4: hey,
1: hey. <laughs> uh this episode's B plot. Uh, too was inspired by George Meyer's metal detector that he owned as a kid too, which uh, we
0: just found trash.
1: This is another one of those episodes that in my memory the B plot was entirely separate from the A plot. You remember the nudity and then you remember the metal detector completely separate from all the naked fun.
0: I guess grandpa is just watching the kids because Martin and Homer are having so much sex. is that why yeah, yeah they're
4: pretty distinct like they could be two different episodes. Mm-hmm. Scully's episodes really had a lot more B
1: plots than uh, than the Bill and Josh year before it like that exists pretty independently from them it it feels almost interchangeable like well we've left five minutes of space in here for a b-plot pitch on the b-plot and usually they're they're not all that connected why don't we begin with a happy anniversary (laughs)
2: look honey i clipped on my tie all by myself and you look as handsome as the day we were married oh happy anniversary marge Mm. hey look what was in here a program from that guy's funeral. You mean Frank Grimes? Yeah, him. Whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> what are you doing?
5: Playing Hot Wheels. Ow! That had a guide pin in it. What happened to Grandpa? He was supposed to babysit.
2: Now you got her, Bart. Jump Lisa's king. I'm not Bart, I'm Rod Flanders. There you go with that smart mouse. Lisa, run outside and cut me a switch. Yes, sir.
5: (laughs) I guess we'll have to take the kids with us to dinner.
0: Those are definitely the uh, 60s, 70s era uh, orange Hot Wheels tracks, which mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up with.
1: I didn't have Hot, wheel, hot Wheels tracks either as a child. I had—I uh, was more of a Micro Machines kid mm. because those also came with Star Wars figures. Uh, but I, I do love the realistic uh, depiction of kids will turn anything into a weapon and they will not <laughs> yeah. play with it the way they're supposed to.
4: <laughs> Can I say that they, this is the beginning of something that continues on into the episode? But the Rod and Todd deliveries in this episode are very, like, very choice. Yeah. Like, the yes, sir, and then later on, when we get to the mini-golf, there's, like, another really well-delivered line. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: We learn all yeah. about a small girlish hands, too. Yeah.
1: Todd, <laughs> Todd is so excited to uh, get that switch. Yeah. I think he's just excited to see punishment happen to an older brother. I yeah. Think. Mm. There's some
0: resentment boiling under the surface with Rod and Todd. There's a
1: little bit, you know, the Flanders aren't as cheery in this episode as they usually are. No. A couple little moments here, but I like too that Rod fully says his name. Like, I am Rod Flander. <laughs> yes.
0: <Yeah. laughs> that's uh. They rarely identify the characters in the scene because they, I think they forget who is Rod and who is Todd. I know I do. Yeah,
1: it changes <laughs> like, it's up quite a bit.
0: Yeah. I know it and Scratchy, but not Rod and Todd. But Todd <laughs> is the little boy, the little smaller one, tiny Todd, Bart's age, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah well yeah yeah kind of
1: they did compete against each other in dead putting society which implies they're the same age yeah yeah i also like uh this is another of the many jokes in this season about feeling the weight of the series that you know almost a year to the date later homer's like oh yeah frank Grimes, We went to that guy's funeral <laughs> <laughs> and it's just such a funny line to say like uh whatever happened to him after his funeral <laughs> <laughs> I like that they they found it interesting in, they've done so many episodes about Marge and Homer's marriage troubles, but f- coming at it from just like, well, it's just your 11th anniversary. It's, uh, you know, it's happening again. It's <laughs> just kind of boring. Though I think Marge uh, didn't mean to, but I think it is a joke that she says, handsome as the day we were married. Uh. Like that, that implies he was less handsome then, <laughs> and yeah, also that the the kids have to be taken on their parents like uh, that. I say many times that this feels like Scully putting his real experiences in there, but I definitely feels like uh, an adult problem of I just wanted to have time with my wife. If you bring the kids around, it ruins yeah. this thing.
0: I feel bad uh, for all the married couples out there with children uh, because of the lack of free time you get because to me i could just you know hang out with my girlfriend when i want to there's no special arrangements that need to be made but i often see I think it's very cute that uh, a couple that's been together for, I don't know, like over a decade, they are just celebrating date night. Like, Mm -hmm. we have date night. It's date night tonight. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, God, time must be so precious when you are raising children.
1: (laughs) I also like the continuity that they keep of the Gilded Truffle being the go-to fancy restaurant of the Simpsons universe.
0: It remained unused for so Mm -hmm. long, and now Mm -hmm. they're just drilling down on it, which is like, why did it go out of use for so long? It's the perfect name for a fancy restaurant. I guess it was uh, Dumbbell Indemnity this season. Yeah, first time they brought it back since *Lisa the Greek* in season three.
1: I think they got too into the the Pimento Grove instead. Oh, right. You know that replaced it as the fancy restaurant.
0: There are a lot of uh, you could tell the writers are in LA writing the show, (laughs) and uh, there's a joke coming up. Later in this uh, in the scene at this restaurant where I'm like this restaurant would not have valets you're all in L A
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: the <laughs> yeah the valet gag I'm not the biggest
1: fan of it yeah but it feels like a very stereotypical joke about Hispanic valets as well yeah but, yeah. Uh, but they're doing their best. That's what I do. They're like, you know, we're trying. But also, yeah, there'd be no valets at Up, Up, and Buffet. The Simpsons wouldn't have also va- like, valeted their car either. But yeah, they you can't take the LA out of these things. Uh, Scully says this was based on a real restaurant from his childhood of a oh. uh, theme restaurant based on a plane. I've never been to anything like
0: it. I think he's said actually, it was by the where they were writing the show in oh, LA. Oh, wow. It was I'm... called uh, Dive. Oh, and it was right. a submarine-themed uh, restaurant that was in the shape of a submarine. And apparently it was a real mess because kids would just be playing with the elevator because I guess you took an elevator down to ah. get in the submarine section. <laughs> yeah, it was a thing in L.A. at some point. If you've ever been to Dive, I really want to know. Number one, really cool name for a, a submarine restaurant. I like that. Yeah, yeah it's is it dive I want to <laughs> no, know. No, just
1: Dive. You know, as a kid, we didn't go to these kind of themed restaurants. I guess the wackiest one we went to was like a spaghetti factory type place that had, you know, crazy crap on the walls. You get to eat in like a uh, San Francisco trolley or whatever.
0: Yeah, across the Midwest, and I just saw one of these. I was visiting my old stomping ground of Kent, Ohio. There are a lot of restaurants that are just like decommissioned trains. You just eat in the (laughs) dinner car of an old train that no one is using anymore.
4: I have been to a bar that's like a an old barge that they just put on land. Oh, It's in the UK. It's, it was horrible. I've had some very bad times there. I know.
1: <laughs> I, I know in Los Angeles, there's the queen Mary as well in the LA area, which is like a decommissioned boat that you can have parties on. I love <laughs> the concept of up, up and buffet because what is a bigger nightmare scenario than being on a plane with children And then you're surrounded by them for dinner, like, and that you're choosing to go to this place. Like, oh, it sounds just seems horrible. Just so, so awful. And they draw Marge and Homer looking so sad as Mm -hmm. as they eat their burgers in an airplane. Like, oh.
2: The Simpsons will be right back.
1: This week's Talking Simpsons is priceless and not like a mother's love, the good kind of priceless. And that's all thanks to our special guest this week, Merritt Kay. Thanks so much for her coming on down to the show once more and giving us some insight into this classic episode that closes out Season 9. And boy, what a season it's been for the Talking Simpsons podcast. And we're only getting started, folks. We just passed the two-year anniversary of us launching the Patreon. And it's thanks to supporters like you of the Talking Simpsons network that we're able to... Keep doing this. And if you'd like to support us in big, big ways, going to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and signing up for the $5 a month level really helps me and Bob do this full time. This is our real jobs and we do it really. (laughs) And if you sign up at the $5 a month level, you'll not only get access to next week's Talking Simpsons right now, you'll also get the same for a week early and ad free of our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, where we talk about a different animated series each week. And that's only the start. You'll get access to all of our exclusive interviews with Simpsons Luminaries that you can only hear if you sign up there. You can hear our many Patreon-exclusive miniseries that we did for Simpsons-adjacent ad- shows. We did the entire series of The Critic. We did the first season of Futurama, and we did the first season of King of the Hill, all in the Talking Simpsons style, and you're going to love it if you haven't heard it yet. And you can only hear those if you are a supporter at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Please consider today. If you finally paid off your hot plate, then you are ready to step it up to the next level of Talking Simpson support. Now, at the $10 level, you get access to our premium content. What is that? The What a Cartoon Movie Podcast. Once a month, me and Bob do a brand new, exclusive, double-length podcast, only for $10 and up patrons, where they get to hear me and Bob talk for up to four hours about a different animated feature film once a month. In July, you're going to hear me and Bob cover Beavis and butthead Do america and if you sign up at ten dollars now you'll get to hear all the previous ones batman mask of the phantasm kiki's delivery service a goofy movie akira the secret of nim spider-man into the spider-verse aladdin and tiny tunes how i spent my vacation they're all there and you can hear them right now over 24 hours of content right there only for ten dollar and up patrons so please consider signing up at that level at patreon.com slash talking simpson. Then they also, uh, that's when they view the sexy young couple and... I I love the designs on both of them. They both look like uh, the like the sexy dates of characters in Friends or Seinfeld <laughs> at the time. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> they're very specifically late '90s, hip and cool. Mm-hmm. There's extra. I really like the extra sexy detail too. When the the woman is leaning over, like her hair gets slightly out of place too. Like it's uh, <laughs> they, they, there's a lot of sexy detail. Yeah, lot,
0: very observational.
1: <laughs> so when they come back from uh, up, up and buffet. They they still away their arf bag, which I love that. That's very cute. Mm-hmm. It's the name of a doggy bag, but also a barf bag like you use on a plane. If I, if I must uh, aggressively explain the <laughs> joke. That's the joke, the joke. yeah. <laughs> um, so then they get to wedding cake and freezer stuff, which I didn't know this was a real tradition. My parents didn't do it. I'd never heard of it. Oh, really? Yeah, no. I, uh, though I did do it with my own wedding cake. But I thought, as it was told to me, you leave it in there for a year. You don't leave yeah. it in your freezer forever, like right. for eleven yeah. years.
4: <laughs> and it's you not some kind of like talisman. It's not like oh, when you eat the last piece of cake, then your marriage is over, or uh, <laughs> it's like, Satan comes to drag you to hell. It's like mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: When yeah. the last layer falls, actually, Henry's uh, toppers are not in the freezer. they they were by his TV, the Mario and Bowser amiibos.
1: Yes. Yeah. In, the, in, <laughs> in their uh, t- wedding tuxedos, we my husband proposed to me officially. We had been talking about it anyway, but the official proposal was on the release date of Mario Odyssey. <laughs> so,
0: what a romantic wow. day! Uh,
1: yes, yeah. Hey. you
4: notice that the uh, the toppers in this one they changed like three or four times? I think
1: <laughs> they. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice that, but I. Uh, they're pretty inconsistent, or they can be in it.
0: I really despise, but also think are um funny in a sick, dark way. The wedding toppers that insults one of the or both of the uh, <laughs> members of the wedding party, where it's just like um the uh, the wife is dragging the man away from his Fortnite game, or she's oh, like attaching a ball and real. chain he to he his leg. These are real. These are like yeah. there there I think there's just like one template of the woman dragging the man away and you can like put a thing in front of him that's no. like what he actually enjoys in life. <laughs> oh that's... no, 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 no. It's real. It's this real. I'm going to send you down a Google image search. It's uh, Oh
4: no, I hate it. <laughs> lots of
0: people pattern their marriages after sitcoms where it's like, well naturally we despise each other and each other's interests and this is what the rest of our life will be if
4: our
1: wedding is full of jokes about how much we hate each other it'll make everybody
0: happy yeah. Yeah.
3: So upset. now to
0: prepare yeah. for a life of calling each other
1: babe <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes Homer and Marge uh, have different feelings when reflecting on their wedding cake
5: well maybe our next anniversary will be
2: more romantic
5: oh look homie our wedding cake
2: you mean there's been cake in our freezer for 11 years why was I not informed
5: Look at this little plastic couple. Mm, So full of hopes, potential, dreams
2: for the future. Hey, hey Marge, wouldn't it be weird if they had little parties at night? Wee little parties. I'm going to bed. (laughs) Gotcha!
0: Yeah, I like the catalyst for the story is very clever. It's Homer trying to catch their wee little party.
2: <laughs>
1: well, and as somebody who has anxieties about remembering, like did I close that door? Kind of thing. The seeing this even as a kid, I was like, Homer, you left the door open. You close it. It stresses me out. I had uh, well, actually, I just I've been taking care of Bob's bird a little bit the, lately, and. I, I usually have to check like three times. Like, did I check twice that I closed <laughs> the door on that bird? Okay, I did. Or even your freezer door. We, Me and Bob both have sneaky freezer doors that want to open if you close the uh, fridge door.
0: I didn't leave you too many uh, Flanders vacation home notes <laughs> around the apartment.
1: <laughs> Though I do have some interesting continuity and slash continuity errors in this uh, cake bit here. Oh, Well, first off, the time frame. They say 11 years. That does fit... <laughs> That Marge was at least in her first trimester with Bart when they got married in I Married Marge. So Bart is still 10. Mm -hmm. Let's assume that he's like 10 in six months or 10 in seven months at this point when they have their 11th anniversary. So that fits. But the cake thing They did not have a cake at their wedding across the state line.
0: Wait, wait, what about the... But they did have
1: Fudgy the Whale. (laughs) I was going to say, if I object... (laughs) But that does not... That is not the wedding cake that's in their freezer. Mm. And they, they clearly just ate it then. So... You could say that maybe Homer got that wedding cake when they did their new vows in Millhouse Divided, but they did say that cake's been in there for 11 years. So mm. I think it's just some discontinuity there.
0: unorthodox for this sort of error to happen on the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a deeper error later in this episode that they even cop to on the comments. Yeah, already.
0: that I forgot about until I heard the comment. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're right. I want to get to that, though. Yeah,
1: we will get to that. But uh, then we get a very, like frank and sad and real scene of, uh, of a, cu- a long-term relationship. Oh boy. Yeah. boy.
0: And uh, the awkwardness, uh, they just allowed Dan and Julie to improv because they're mm. both in the improv world. They both grew up in that world and Dan especially and they were both on Tracy Ullman together but they just said like, have an awkward like attempt at sex scene together, and it sounds like kind of too real.
1: Yes, yeah, it's uh, but very funny. As as a kid, it made me uncomfortable because I thought like, is this how my parents do it? Ooh, but now as an adult, I'm just like uh, I more shudder from uh, recognition if if anything <laughs> in this. But yes, yeah, so let's let's give it. This is a great one for an audio clip because it's it's pretty much all uh, in the voice acting.
2: You know, uh, it is a special occasion.
5: Yeah. We probably should, you know,
2: rock the casbah. <laughs> yeah, seems like the thing to do. So, you're gonna...
5: Oh, oh! did you want me to...
2: Oh. No, no, I'm the guy. I'm supposed to... Uh... No,
5: no, no, I have my part in this, too.
2: <laughs> I know, but let me get you started first. All right, well, how's that?
5: Ah, homie, you got your, your
2: elbow and... Oh, sorry. mm <sighs> Ow, 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 ow! ow. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you want me to... No, don't do that. We used to do... (laughs) I know, but I don't like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the best line. Look who's here!
5: Oh, who's a good boy? He's the best boy!
0: Oh, yes he is,
5: yes he (laughs)
3: is!
2: (laughs) Hey, Marge, wasn't that great when the dog came in here? Oh, yeah, he's really special. (laughs) I love that dog. I love him, too. Good night. (laughs) Good night.
0: The best line in that is, uh, "I don't like it anymore." <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, just Homer. Homer is so big in so many line readings that in this one, he's just like, "No, I don't like it." Like that's just, yeah.
0: I, and it's great that it all takes place uh, sort of off screen in a way. Mm-hmm. You can just imagine what's what's trying to what's go, go on in where? there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it, it is very filthy. In fact, uh, I think Mike Scully said, "In all, his, in all of his years of uh, running the show, this is the one time the network was like, maybe don't do this oh, after the, the table read." Episode. Like yeah, Maybe yeah. just don't do this episode. But they yeah, actually, to yeah, heads. for
4: a bunch of things in this episode, but I think they, I think pretty much everything made it in, from what I read.
0: I think this one they were
1: safe in just the lack of detail. They just leave it to your imagination of what what Homer means about getting started, or like mm-hmm. you know, or his his position as the man. Like, yeah, it's and it's just so awkward for both of them. You just feel so bad, and then when the dog comes in, that is that like. Oh, my God. We both welcome this distraction. Yep. Hey, (laughs) there, dog. How's it going?
4: And Santa's little helper is just, like, so excited. Like, oh, my God. Everyone's (laughs) paying attention to me. I love this. He's never
1: paid attention to any
4: other time.
0: This is a dated show in a lot of ways, but I do like, uh, I guess, the sexual politics of The Simpsons at this point in history where, uh, I mean, Marge has been known to be horny on the show before, Mm -hmm. and it's not like the very tired device. It's like, well, the man wants to have sex and the woman doesn't. I like that they're both like, uh, they're both sort of like disengaged, like well, this is what we should be doing mm. if we're a couple.
1: I know Julie Kavner in the past has said that she likes playing Marge as sexually attracted to Homer instead of somebody who's like disgusted at him or just saying like, oh, I never want to have sex with him or whatever. Like that that's such an easy place to take jokes. Like if you wanted if you wanted easy jokes on your comedy show, just do that. But like it's, it's tough to think of scenes where she's fully disgusted like an unsexually attract not sexually attracted to Homer for that reason. Like, yeah, I uh, remember at the end of uh, Colonel Homer, where he just uh, its the way he is undressing sexually <laughs> yeah. for, and she just loves it, even though they the comedy is in that. Many people would not find Homer disrobing attractive, but I'm not judging. <laughs> yeah, I also like uh, that's the first of each act in this episode has a Rock the Casbah reference. And so ah, that's yeah. the first one, which uh, I like that that's there. Out of all references to make about like having sex, that's uh, to call it Rock in the Casbah.
0: They could not clear as time goes by, but they cleared Rock the Casbah yes, for this episode. They
1: did. <laughs> Quick history on that song: 1982, The Clash. Mm. Uh, the tune was actually written by the drummer, uh, though. When Joe, Str- as the story goes, when Joe Strummer, the lead singer, saw his uh, the guy's lyrics, he just like crumpled him up and threw him behind him, <laughs> uh, and he wrote his own lyrics for it. And an annoying thing about the song is that, uh, of course, any song that has references to uh, Arab or Islamic culture uh, will obviously be taken up by racists and people who are Islamophobes. <laughs> so. It, I saw on the wiki it said that National Review listed it as one of its like top favorite conservative rock songs. Which oh is my like,
4: god. if you would ever
1: call Joe Strummer a conservative in your fucking life, god. is insanity. Like, is yeah.
0: that what we're going to be calling uh, bombing Iran, rocking <laughs> the Casbah? <laughs> oh
1: god, I it, oh it was no. it it literally was painted on bombs that were dropped. Oh all, boy, like, overseas. Like, my, my is joke is real, a
0: real thing. I mean, yeah. I feel bad.
1: now Well, when they ran out of bombs over Baghdad references, they had to cut a little deeper.
0: Why can't they just draw Bugs Bunny and Daffy? duck on bombs like we used to in the war that we won or betty page
1: uh so when homer wakes up the next morning he goes downstairs he slips and falls and i like how painful it is to him though in the previous episode his head was crushed by a drawbridge and he was fine
0: well it did hurt more than he let on
1: yeah that's true and and, uh, it's also weird that homer describes it as like that's queer like it's
4: (laughs) (laughs) it felt that deliveries it's it Reminds me of like the earlier line of like wee little parties.
1: Yes, yeah. Like- yeah, it's it's Homer using old timey phraseology. Mm-hmm, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess in ninety eight probably there were some people who would use queer in that context, you know. But I I don't think so. They knew what they were saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does anybody else have a broken fridge story? My mine's kind of boring.
0: Thankfully, I've been saved the terror of the broken fridge. <laughs> <It's>, you're lucky. <laughs>
1: Yeah, please, go on. Uh, well, mine was just a broken... I only broke the freezer part because I had... Uh, when I moved into my old apartment, as Bob remembers, it was a old apartment. Uh, like, I had to light the stove every time I used it. Uh, but... Insane. With a lantern. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the freezer was the same, too, where it just it was slowly getting more and more permafrost. I just chipped away with a screwdriver until eventually... I hit it so hard that I hit the... You I punctured the thing and all the Freons. You struck to, uh, Freon. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, before sl- that in. My um, landlord replaced it at no charge to me because uh, I think they had to sheepishly admit that I should have been given a new fridge when I moved into the place. So then I got a fancy new fridge that uh, didn't have permafrost on it. So I felt like I was living in the future.
4: Okay. But can we talk about the whole fish that's sitting on the floor? What the fuck? Okay. so (laughs) I think to me, this is like in cartoons when someone's like buying groceries, like the the things that are like easily identifiable as food are like a baguette. Oh, baguettes. um, Apples, an entire fish. Um, maybe some kind of meat.
3: How like,
0: about like a like celery? A, like stock.
4: A, a thing of milk. And so just to have this like entire fish with like it's just a fish. Like it's it came out of the lake. It's not like <laughs> fillets or anything. And like Homer is just like clutching it, like screaming <laughs> to <the> heaven. <laughs> and it's it's beautiful.
0: It's like the fish died or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, it was alive. <laughs> I think they just Uh,
1: pulled an old fish out of their prop packs. They're like, "Eh, we we don't need to make up a new fish. Here's the fish. But yeah, it's like, why would, it's very easy to buy fillets of fish at the grocery store, even in 98. Like it, it'd actually be much harder to buy a full fish, perhaps unseen in this episode. Homer went fishing days (laughs) before and was keeping (laughs) his, his fish in the fridge. I could see that, but that I, the joke would work the same with holding like a steak or whatever. Or pork chops, but I guess it is funnier to have, have like, a dead-eyed, open-mouthed fish in his hands. They head off to uh, their next sexy date, which is driving to their new refrigerator motor.
5: When we got married, is this how you thought we'd be spending our Saturdays? Driving out to the boondocks to trade in a refrigerator motor?
2: I never thought I'd live this long.
0: (laughs) Folks, is your marriage (laughs) stuck in a rut? Can you even remember the last time you felt the thrill of romance? <laughs> well, maybe you need
2: a divorce. <laughs> Call the divorce specialist now for a consultation and free tote bag. Ooh, there's the term!
0: My line of the show is, I never thought I'd live this long. It's <laughs> <Okay>. very glib, <laughs> glib and dark. Uh, I,
1: uh, I'll play the jingle, though I have one other I'd, I'd say is tied for for me, but I do love it.
2: That's the joke.
1: I think it tells you so much about Homer's worldview that he's like, no, I plan to die young. Like I didn't, I didn't make any plans in my life.
0: I think at this point he is uh, 38. Yes, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> he saw no future beyond that. <laughs>
1: but boy, that like, that says so much about him, but it's also like a very like nihilistic comedy writer line too. Yeah. like, well, I never thought I'd live this long. <laughs> like I, I think at a certain point I'd made no plans for like, what if I'm 48, what
4: do I do then? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That seems unlikely <laughs> I'm sure'll it be fine if that ever happens uh,
1: if i if I reach forty eight i'll I'll figure it out. but i mean the the planet'll be on fire by that time anyway.
0: So. Learn how to swim.
1: <laughs> that's I need to work on my backstroke. That's what I need to do. But that divorce ad is so fucking good, too
0: yeah.
1: because so many times in Simpsons episodes, a thing on the radio will tell them what their next plot point is and say, mm-hmm. Go here, do this like Honestly, the scene is very similar in the aphrodisiac one mm-hmm. to uh, Paul Harvey <laughs> telling them, go oh, yeah. to a bath
0: together. Or like in season one, I mean, this happens a lot in the show, but they're having a fight as a family. They see the uh, ad for couples counseling or family counseling. They immediately do that as a solution for yeah. the episode.
1: But in this case, the ever-present, powerful radio voice that tells them the next plot point tells them to get a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> and so they have to switch it off because like, no. No, no, no. We can't we pursue want...
0: that bloodline. Yeah. Uh,
1: not yet.
4: Not, not at least for another like 15 years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I you know, I haven't seen that episode where they get separated and he moves in with a character played by Lena Dunham. I have not Ooh. seen that one. That's, uh, we'll get to it. When I'm forty eight. When yeah. we're both forty eight. That's when we'll get to it as as they oh yeah the divorce ad too it reminds me of um i've stopped listening to this wrestling podcast but on a certain podcast network that hosted it they had multiple divorce dad ads Oof. that were just like it, it, to, it told me like, oh, am I? Is that what they think I am as a listener, that I'm in the market for a divorce? They they were all about defending father's rights in a oh divorce, boy.
0: yeah I'm glad my other podcast is not on that network.
1: <laughs> then there's some great animation of Homer digging in deeper in the mud. I just love that he's like, no, just keep flooring it. And it just goes longer and longer and longer.
0: Very good sound effects on that.
1: As uh, Homer and Marge are contemplating divorce, Lisa and Bart make their own discovery.
2: And that's why today, bananas are called yellow fatty beans. Questions? When are mom and dad coming back? Bored, are ya? Lisa, go cut me a switch. (laughs) No, there's
5: gotta be something to do around here. Hey, are they pulling the plug on anybody today?
2: Nope, everybody's paid up. (laughs) What a
5: weird-looking vacuum
2: cleaner. What are you, simple? That's my old mind detector from the war. It was my job to clear the roads of enemy explosives. And that's how I earned the Iron Cross. <laughs> <laughs> sure, she still works. That's my brass knee, steel hip. That one's news to me.
0: I didn't know what an Iron Cross was when I was first watching this no, episode. Me but it's funny to think that he was commended by the Nazis. <laughs> Oh, for blowing up tanks yeah. accidentally,
1: killing all those Allied
0: soldiers. On the commentary, Matt Groening says this joke makes me sad, so I want to believe Grandpa is just demented. This never <laughs> happens. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Groening hates Nazi jokes.
3: Yes, yeah. I,
1: this uh, this comes from the same dimension that spawned Abe's story about him being a cabaret style <laughs> yeah. performer. Oh my god! Nazis, yes, too. who tried to kill Hitler? Yeah, that I cut out a little bit there, but it was just a long sequence. It was funny that they kept the heroic army design of Abe from the Hellfish episode, except it's just him being terrible at his job <laughs> of sending men to <laughs> their death. For Abe's character to keep some semblance of respectability, you just have to imagine he's lying in yeah. the Iron Cross story. I, You know, as a kid, I think I thought, like, oh, I'd probably like a metal detector. That would be fun. But when it came time to, like, ask for it, it was easily more expensive than a video game system which i would have definitely mm-hmm. preferred to have as a child
4: i feel like it was one of those things that like a lot of kids that i knew like it was just like something from tv that was like oh we could there could be treasure everywhere around us so like <laughs> if we buy this thing we will be rich uh like in a disney movie or something yeah. but no one i i know ever actually had one
1: now i my closest contact with it was uh this guy on the beach so for a few times a year I'd go to the uh, the beach with my mom uh, in in Jacksonville, Florida and we a couple times we met this guy who always walked around with his comb in the beach with his metal detector and then uh, one time, we put like a quarter in the ground to see if he'd find it, and then when he found it, he's like, "You guys put this here for me to find." <laughs> and he gave us back our quarter. He was Aww. he was a little bothered by it, I think. Uh, but he, he seemed to be having a nice time. My mom, she would comb the beach, but for shark teeth, and she's collected mm. like I'd say like seven mason jars full of shark oh teeth. God. That's how much my my mom loves collecting those shark teeth.
0: There's a recent uh, recently there's been a really bad article being passed around about. Uh, it's written by a, a Gen Xer, not a boomer, a Gen Xer. Mm. But I believe the title is like, uh, My Kids Love Fortnite, but Have They Ever Had a Fortnite? Uh. And he's talking about just the glory of imagination and building a blanket fort with your best pal and sharing stories with a flashlight and just, you know, way better than video games. There has not been a, you know, kids today have Minecraft, but what about MyCraft of using a metal detector?
1: <laughs> That's a good
0: pitch. Yeah, I'm I can sell that, that to, the, right sell to the post for like $500. Uh,
1: which, like, yeah, I mean, in the 90s and 80s, I wasn't having that kind of fun. I was... Watching whatever was on television or playing yeah. a video game.
0: That's... And that, ugh, this is going off on the tangent here, but that writer was born <laughs> in 1971. Video games existed when he was a child. Yeah. In fact, all children were playing them by the time he was a kid.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, something suspect with this guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Fortnite's better than playing outside, kids.
1: <laughs> so they get their metal detector, then we cut back to. Marge and Homer, they're running in the rain. Uh, they see a barn, and so they go for some shelter there. That's when Marge becomes very sexy, like mm-hmm.
4: her, her. almost immediately. It's yeah. like a switch. <laughs> it's, the hair comes down. It's
1: it's like the hot girl transformation in a teen movie. The glasses mm-hmm. come off and uh-huh. take out the ponytail. They
0: draw a lot of sexy wrinkles in her dress too. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, when her uh, where her hair deflates because of the rain, and so. They draw her in a, a, a very sexy pose uh, inspired by Jane Russell mm. in the classic film The Outlaw. If you ever ever seen a picture of a sexy old dame sitting on some hay, that's, that's Jane Russell.
0: Or a tribute to her. Is that a pre-code movie? I think I so. I recall it being very sexy.
1: Wasn't it the one in... That Howard Hughes did in the in the Aviator, where he talks about how like or, or no, I think that's a different sexy movie.
0: I think he was keeping a lot of uh, eyes on how much cleavage she was showing. Yes, in that yeah, movie. Yeah. The Hayes
1: Code, uh, but uh, d- she was rolling in the hay. They were watching the Hayes Code. huh? Mm. The, huh uh, mm-hmm. uh, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> yeah,
4: it, was, it was the Howard Hughes one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yes, I do
1: remember correctly. Uh, as, as they're hiding out, Homer gets worried about a pitchfork. I gotta <laughs> so say, farmer.
0: The, uh, <laughs> the, the, the dirtiest thing in this episode is serious ass-forking.
4: See, yeah, that actually was a line that Fox had issues with.
1: I can't believe they let it on. Like, it's rare enough they get to say the word ass on the show.
4: A serious and, <laughs> ass-forking.
1: Ass-forking. Yeah, well, let, let's hear it ourselves.
2: Safe and last. Shh. We're Some of these farmers have pitchforks. Hey, Teresa, Steve, now who lets you out? Uh, Looks like we've got us some intruders. Who's in there? If somebody's in here, you're in for some serious ass forking. (laughs) They were
1: having fun with that line.
0: Yeah, I like his bayonets yeah <laughs> pitchfork bayonet, pitchfork on a
1: shotgun like that, oh
4: god it's good
1: uh that's so that's so writerly to me of just like that they'd it's like, well, do I write that he picks up his shotgun or that he picks up his pitchfork? Why
0: why not both? I guess it just dawned <laughs> on me that he never actually fired the shotgun. It's just an extension <laughs> of the pitchfork.
1: Mm-hmm. It would probably mess up your pitchfork if you shot your shotgun. Like, yeah, you're giving up a perfectly good pitchfork that way. And he also has like three pitchforks just on his like uh, like <laughs> a gun rack type thing, but for pitchforks. It's...
0: Homer was right, though. Some of them have pitchforks.
1: <laughs> Homer has learned a lot about farmers. He grew up on a farm. You oh, that's know. true. Yeah, it's
0: true. So that's another thing this episode has in common with uh, Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy: a farm yeah, scene. Yeah, farms. Oh, man. Yeah,
1: something in the writers' room they heavily connect like sexuality to farms. It's yes,
4: someone <laughs> has like a weird thing that they are they didn't really realize until they'd mm-hmm. written all these episodes.
1: After the farmer misses them with his, uh, does not ask fork them, <laughs> he, uh, he then heads off to check his media room, which that was funny. That's yeah. a funny word.
0: Yeah, and Teresa and Steve the pigs. <laughs> and after
1: they realize they narrowly avoided getting caught, Homer and March have never been more turned on in their life. And,
0: and that cow's getting a show. <laughs> yeah, cow,
1: that, <laughs> that turned on cow noise is
0: Lord, pretty uh, cow is so good. I like how it looks at the camera like, hey. <laughs> and also, such is,
4: a good like cutaway guy.
1: Yeah. Well, that, it's so funny that you see an eye through a knothole and that you think it's the farmer or somebody <laughs> else, and it's a cow of all things. A cow watching him. So we come back from the commercial break. Homer has fixed the fridge, and uh, it's really cute. Like Marge says, my hero, which really feels like she's trying to sound like olive oil to me. And uh, then Homer kisses up her arm like Gomez yeah. Adams does, even mm-hmm. saying Karamia, which Gomez Adams, that's a thats a positive. They're embodying a positive, kinky couple, a uh, married couple in the in the Adams Just segment. like a
4: positive head couple, I think, yes. too. yeah. Like, God, do you want to talk about, like, good families, Adam's family is like in every incarnation, basically. They're
1: the number one head couple to me. I'd say I'm excited for
0: this
4: dysfunctional sitcom
0: or (laughs) cartoon family. It's true. I'm excited for that new CGI movie that's coming out. It looks all right. The designs look awesome. Okay.
1: Yeah. One. Well, though in a live action film, Charlie's throne and Oscar Isaac could play Morticia and Gomez. Like it almost, it's too much of a tease to hear them doing Mm -hmm. the voices when it's like, I'd want to see you guys in live action. Like, I mean, I guess we were lucky that like Raúl Julia was like Ooh, the perfect and yeah. Angelica Houston, perfect, perfect couple in that. Then we have a pretty cute joke about the kids discovering their new sex lives.
5: Hey, public display. Hmm. Yeah, what's with the love thing? Let's just say the country air did us good.
2: <laughs> Bird, I told you not to leave that TV on. Whoa!
0: <laughs> uh, they got a huge laugh out of me this morning while watching this I forgot about that joke I love that
1: gag because it's them knowing they're writing A normal sitcom joke yeah. and So they're punishing themselves with sitcom mm-hmm. sound effects
0: I feel like uh, we don't get those juiced up audiences anymore Because it's all like a mathematically designed algorithm Of mm-hmm. the Lafotron. Yeah. <laughs> uh So it's, it was always fun to hear that On things like Married with Children Where it's like Kelly's coming in Big hoots, big hoots and hollers everybody Come on <laughs> It's like this is a little yeah.
1: (laughs) I like that Bart kind of sadly walks back into the room too. Yeah, Uh, it it supports the wah oh" very. He didn't get an "aw." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But though Married with Children is over at this point, it's a year done. Though though this was all sitcoms, then Simpsons was still a standout at the time by not having a laugh track in it. I really love Bart's interpretation of what pirates are.
5: What are we looking for, anyway? Pirate booty, what else?
2: Arr, now we bury the treasure.
5: Uh, Captain, Captain, I know we usually bury the treasure, but what if this time we use it to buy things? You know, things we like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.
5: Arr, we'll dig up the treasure in the seven yard. I've drawn a map on this cracker. Which Polly will hold for safekeeping. So you see, there's treasure everywhere.
0: God, Bart's uh, Bart's brain wrote a very clever series of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> this is like two. Is very... the treasure
4: everywhere thing a Calvin and Hobbes reference? Oh, it might be. Oh, maybe. it wrapped
0: up like th- I, three or four years I before this. With...
4: Yeah, yeah. That collection came out a couple years before. Yeah. This like and it's called like the title is that exact line.
0: I feel like this is two very good far side jokes back to back too. It could be like two different <laughs> mm-hmm. jokes about buying things we like and giving the uh, the parrot the cracker with the map on it. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, they say it all came from George. Admire this whole treasure yeah. bit here, which is just it fits with George. One of his best things is where he just. He's so great as a deconstructionist of just, like, oh, this joke. Like, he on the commentary for Trouble with Trillions, he had a great point of, like, well, if they find Homer's tax package on the floor of the post office, they won't mail it for him because yeah. it's on the floor.
0: He's very fun commentary. He's just deflating the uh, the bad logic of any episode. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> He's his own uh, worst critic on those things. It's very funny. And so, yeah, this whole gag here about saying why the idea of pirates burying treasure is stupid. Uh, according to Wikipedia, they say it was very, very rare that pirates buried their treasure. Apparently, like Captain Kidd is one of the very few that historical record proves that they did it. Though I would counter to Wikipedia that wouldn't pirates lie and say they didn't oh. bury a bunch <laughs> of treasure? Yeah,
0: is your source on this a pirate? <laughs>
1: Bob, what's your approval or disapproval of this parrot here? It's
0: a pretty good parrot. I have a parrot, by the way. Uh, Peanuts are the number one parrot snack, though. Cracker is just a stereotype, although he does like crackers, too. (laughs) But he turns down some crackers. He will always have a peanut.
1: Oh, what's his favorite brand of cracker?
0: Ooh, uh, boy! I think he just likes the standard saltines the best. Uh, okay, yeah, he's kind of boring.
1: <laughs> uh, he's he's a real uh, her- herb of a parrot. <laughs> no, he's a wonderful parrot. I've I've grown to appreciate Bob's parrots uh, so much in these last couple months. He's he's quite a nice little boy. Anyway, enough about parents. Lisa, meanwhile, just finds a bottle cap and Bart wonders if it's jewel-encrusted. It is not. <laughs> and then we cut back to the Homer and Marge story. And uh, Lenny and Carl, this is the season of <laughs> Lenny and Carl.
0: Yeah.
2: Hey, Homer, see it, Mose? He put new electrical tape on the cushions. Sorry, guys. Marge and I are spending the weekend at a bed and breakfast. Oh, try to jumpstart the old marriage, huh? Can I come? Nah, no, it'd just be awkward. Well, with the sex and all.
0: Yeah, I always figured Marge would be a dynamo in the sack, you know?
5: Oh, boy, she's got legs from here to yaya. ya
0: <laughs> How do you do, ma'am?
5: Hope this evening finds you well. No, knock it off, you perverts!
0: <laughs> I like it. you. Expect her to be like, "Oh, you men!" Yeah, hmm. I
5: I
1: took that joke to mean that Marge knows that the, they're overcorrecting. She's like, "What were they saying right before yeah, I drove yeah. up here?" As it's one thing I never liked about Office Life was. Dudes are like, let's talk frankly about our sex lives. Like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, opting out, uh, opting out. Though, is Lenny asking to be in a three-way with them? Uh, is that, he I, not th- re- <laughs> I think
0: the line of dialogue, Can I Come, was written mm. deliberately. Mm. Oh, my God. I think someone wrote that line on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to quote a future episode.
4: <laughs> wait, so wait, is Lenny the bull? Oh Ooh. God! No, we can't go there. We no. can't go down
0: this This is road. part I'm of our now? regular segment. Who's getting cooked? <laughs> now
4: we're <laughs> now
1: we're writing the porn we talked about earlier in this.
4: Yeah,
0: we're writing the banners. You'll see them I soon. Can't, I
4: can't imagine that anyone is like. Drying porn of lenny though mm. like that seems unwholesome to me <laughs> I don't in know. a way that like i can't yeah. imagine like weirdest of perverts doing
0: he's got a weird season one design too with his <laughs> beard line and his weird hair and his big I don't know. uh I bulging think, eyes i
1: gotta think somebody's done lenny carl slash oh. drawing oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah i'd only want to see him with carl i would not accept that like him and marge like Oof, don't want to see that but him and carl i'll accept
0: i've seen something close to that it's a tattoo of. Uh, Carl and Marge like in a portrait with their arms around each other, and beneath them in the picture is Gerald from Hey Arnold. Yes,
1: yeah. Uh, If they made it. He would be their son, I think. It makes sense. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: And so they head off to their bed and breakfast snuggle cove, I've uh, I've never stayed in a bed and breakfast. It Doesn't seem. I mean, every apartment's
0: a bed and breakfast now, Henry. Oh, that, actually, the, yes. The economy. <laughs>
1: we we've booked a week in a bed and breakfast in Los Angeles yeah. in a couple weeks now. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been to a fancy old timey bed bed and breakfast though, with the uh, doilies and whatnot. I uh, I don't know. I I think it would be nice to at least. Uh, Enjoy, like, a scone in one of those places, like, for a couple hours.
4: Mm. Mm, seems creepy. Too many ghosts and
1: or <laughs> yeah. murders for me. Uh, but you'd be, you've got half a chance you're going to be in a murder mystery if you stay there. As long exactly. as you're not the victim, it's not, uh, it sounds fun.
4: I yeah, no. If you're investigating, I guess, yeah, that's true. I'm kind of more of, like, a, you know, like, a weird motel kind of person. Yeah. That's sort
1: of my vibe. Yeah, I like, uh, you know, the bed and breakfast seems classist. It's, it seems too elite for, for me. Mm. <laughs> uh, All those Harvard types. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's called Snuggle Cove, which seems to go more to Homer and Marge's old style of less kinky, uh, more vanilla sex. And I guess stuff.
0: it is a pirate theme. It, I mean, it's Snuggler's Cove. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's even better. But that's, I think it's, it's the one appearance of this Yeah, I don't think they have back to it.
1: I also think, I'll get to, it's a little later in this scene, but those people definitely know Homer and Marge are fucking all around. Oh, like, th- hey. I think they're enjoying <laughs> it.
0: It's the most excitement they've had since that donkey puzzle was finished. <laughs> uh, but yes, as Homer Homer and Marge arrive in their
1: room. They're having trouble rediscovering that spark.
0: Are you ready to rock?
2: Because here we go. Should we get started? <laughs> um, uh, no time like the present. Hmm, something's
5: not right. Does this bed feel lumpy to you?
2: Well, yeah, kind of. Did that butter churn just move? <laughs> As if it did. (laughs) What's
5: wrong with us, Homer? Have we lost the spark already? No, no, honey.
2: Maybe this will help. Hey! Look at that! (gasps) Oh, good
5: lord! (gasps) (gasps) I'm so sorry. I saw everything. (laughs) (gasps) My heart's beating like crazy. Mine,
2: too. Just like back in that hayloft. You know? The fear of getting caught is kind of a turn-on. Here's that dirty girl I married. Come on, I have a disgusting idea.
4: Uh. Homer tries to get dressed, but it's too late. I've seen. I've already seen it. I've seen it all. I've seen everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I love Marge's reaction to it, where she's trying to keep the enthusiasm up, but she's like, "Hey, look at that! Look at that!" <laughs> I mean, after eleven years. With the same person, like seeing them in any state of undress, it's like, well, yeah, it's I've seen this eight million no, times. Nothing is uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But I I love that she's trying to stay positive, like, hey, hey. Uh, and also it's a fun scenario because it feels like a reversal of situations. And normally it would be like the the woman who's like, Oh, I'm gonna take my top off. Huh? Exciting now, right? But instead it instead it's Homer, who then also Covers his nipples in a very—it's uh, uh, a great pose, demure way. Yeah,
0: with the teacups, it's great.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I think the woman who works there was totally trying to turn them on more. Of like, I saw everything. <laughs> she she wanted them to know that it's a very clever way for them to realize they like exhibitionism. Mm. And, and especially, I love Homer's reaction of "There's the dirty girl I married." <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Very sex positive there.
0: Well, I mean, their relationship involved a lot of public sex previously. Yeah, it's true. We'll learn more yeah. about it. I mean, we'll, <laughs> we'll reflect more upon it later.
1: I do like, too, when they're doing it as people are making puzzles, though, it very definitely ADR line of, oh, it's a donkey. I just love it. It's very funny
0: because... The piece is put in it's clearly already a donkey the piece that they add is not any (laughs) any more uh, Mm donkiness to the image
1: it's been so clearly a donkey and wouldn't they know it's a donkey when they opened the box yeah (laughs) uh, George Meyer mentions that they he would have been happy to have found a license plate when he was searching (laughs) for shit like that pretty uh, he said pipes were mostly what he found a lot of
0: old sprinkler pipes (laughs) Mm.
1: Uh, and then Bart makes our second rock the casbah reference
2: (laughs)
5: Excellent haul. But it's all trash. Exactly. Now there's nothing left out there but treasure. Hello, everybody. Hey, you're back. Did you rock the Casbah?
2: Bye! Yes. Yeah. Do
5: you know you have your hands in each other's pockets? It's okay when you're in love and married to the sweetest guy in the world.
2: Oh,
5: Eskimo kiss. <laughs> Ew. You guys are sick. <laughs> You don't think there's anything wrong with what we're doing, do you?
2: I don't think anything I've ever ah. done is <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
0: Apparently that was something uh Dan Graney wrote. We did an interview with him. I According- like love- According to Matt Someone, he wasn't pitching anything, he just says that all the time. <laughs>
1: I love that line. I love, it tells you everything about Homer. It tells you that he, that he goes through life thinking that everything he does is the right thing to do. So that's why he is such a selfish, selfish man.
4: (laughs) So definitely when I was watching the episode, I didn't realize that they actually said the line rock the cause like multiple times. (laughs) Yeah. And hearing it now, it's just like upsetting. Upsetting. (laughs) Just hear it like, did you rock the has Like Bart turns directly to the camera, like <laughs> you have sexual intercourse.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, it's kind of creepy when Bart says that. I. I think they are able to walk back from that by Lisa and Bart being so disgusted at their PDA's. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's very weird. And Homer is right to his first reaction of like Bart. But then he he has to let part out like oh yeah we i scored that's right
0: i mean i i used to despise the pda couples now i become one or part of one you. and i know i become what i hate but you know what <laughs> living it up
1: you should enjoy it don't feel bad don't
4: don't you feel you know what it's people go outside they're going to see things so and this yeah, is, yeah there's some stuff that i want to bring up later on because this episode is like kind of relevant to some things that have been being going on this month uh, on the internet.
0: Oh. So. Oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I really like their cute little hands in each other's pockets things like mm-hmm. that. That feels like such like a 70s going steady yeah. kind of thing early <laughs> 80s. Like, Definitely from their childhood, and the same with the Eskimo kiss thing. It's uh... oh wait, no, is that eyelashes or nose? Uh, bells... Nose,
0: Eskimo uh, yeah. eyelashes, butterfly. Kisses. Oh, okay, yeah. then yes, I have. Yeah. Done that. yeah.
1: I've done, I've done it all, buddy. Jeez, this is getting <laughs> filthy. No. My my kink doesn't go above hand holding. That's as far as it goes. Uh, but yeah, Bart and Lisa storm off. I and uh, they they then make quite a find of the lost ending to Casablanca, which that was a. Big shock. Weird curveball uh, in this uh, episode. Yeah. R- yeah. Really comes out of left field. Out of all things, they they also bring up on the commentary that it's, Bart has an incredibly strong knife that he can just pop open a <laughs> box with that. <laughs> Apparently there really was like in script form, a happy ending, a happier ending to Casablanca, but they never actually... Acted it out, mm. and, and uh, then as that moves along, Homer and Marge head back to their old stomping grounds of the mini golf course, first seen in Dead Putting Society. Though this is used more in the context of the episode I Married Marge
0: and Unseen Since This uh, whole yeah. uh, mini golf area has not been back in about six years.
1: It's so cool. I love the design of this mini golf course. I wish real life, you know, that's the next level of simpsons things happening in real life you know not any of this food or making a car build the full golf course from Ooh. the uh sir uh sir putz a lot
0: yeah i mean i think these kind of putt putt places are more of a relic of the uh 70s and 80s mm. in the 90s you had that sort of indoor glow-in-the-dark space putt putt <laughs>
1: mm. i i did putt putt a couple years ago it was pretty fun it, uh though it was the usual just like you know curves and stuff and moats like nothing nothing exciting no no giant dinosaurs or anything i miss i miss that era of putt putt design which uh, did where you grew up do you guys call it putt putt or mini golf i was more putt putt
4: i think it was putt putt i'm putt putt yeah okay
1: uh, let me know where you grew up if they called it mini-golf, uh, listeners. But uh, this is the biggest discontinuity here, actually, isn't it, Bob? I- and where they yes. have sex.
0: Although there are some wiggle rooms. So in the episode, I Married Marge, I just checked it out this morning. And Homer's job, very, very funny, is turning the crank in the windmill. <laughs> uh, and that is some job security right there. But later in the episode, after getting drunk on champagne, they go to the castle and Homer makes the joke, "Don't worry, it's impregnable." And then someone yeah. hits a hole in one, which signifies that uh, Homer knocked up Marge. So technically, to conceive Bart, they had sex in the castle, mm-hmm. but they could have also been having sex in other places in the mini golf uh, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You can not assume they had sex in other places in the mini golf course too. Yeah, but the Homer does in this next clip refer to it as where where Bart was conceived. Oh, you're they, right about they do that. Imply yeah. It. And uh, I always remembered it's a castle just because the great line of Marge saying, remember when we joined the castle club? (laughs) And and then Homer, in shock, squeezes all of the cookie Cookie dough dough out of his tube. Uh, Let's hear them reminisce about their
5: incorrect
2: memories.
5: (laughs) (laughs) This is so naughty. (laughs) Coming back
2: to our old love nest. It hasn't changed since that magical evening. When I knocked you up. Oh, we drank so much that night. Yeah, I thought Bart would be born a dimwit.
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, this time I'm drunk on love and beer. <laughs>
0: Very good.
1: Yeah, the uh I think it's very cute how excited they are about it. I also love the way he's pretending to tell Marge when to swing, and it's really just them running off. Like <laughs> uh, <laughs> they finally—I guess the coast was finally clear that there was nobody in, in eye shot to see them run into the
0: windmill. Yeah, this has got to be the biggest day for this mini golf place. Every notable figure in town is there. Is, <laughs> is Krusty there? Or is Krusty missing? Like Skinner is there? Mo is there? Edna is there? Like everybody is there i don't recall Krusty. okay
1: but he's the only one missing
0: he'd be perfect he did the perfect lewd joke i think they missed that <laughs> uh yeah, well then when they got mo
1: they, they it's lewd enough i guess they decide but oh and the design sorry the design on the mini golf course it's a lot of old ones reused but the astronaut with, with the, the mop, mop yeah. that is so great <laughs> that's just so great very good uh so on the commentary it's brought to mike scully's attention that they messed up and did a windmill instead of the castle he didn't realize it i think they did just get mixed up there's a windmill joke and a castle joke in the same episode but they uh scully has a funny gag on the commentary where he says like well there was no way we could have checked at the time which one it was (laughs) we just could there was no way (laughs) As Homer and Marge get down to business, I was shocked in my memories. I didn't think they ended it in act two, but the Beast plot ends right here. That's it, yeah. Mm -hmm, I I think they just wanted it to be all nudity all the time in the third (laughs) act. Hardcore nudity. (laughs) Uh, But yes, here comes two.
0: Here comes two.
2: (laughs) Boink. I think this could be the start of a beautiful friendship. Look out, Rick. He's packing heat. Good work, Sam. Come on, I'll buy you a falafel. Not so fast, Schmartenheimer. Hope you don't mind my dropping in. Not at all, sweetcakes. You know what to do, Sam.
0: Uh, So I like that they use heart and soul instead of... uh, Time goes by. Time goes by. It feels like they just had a worse version of the song in the final version of the Uh, movie. Uh, But it should need to be said. It's a very obvious point, but Casablanca is a very good movie. And if you think you don't like old movies, watch it. It's really, really good. Oh, yeah.
4: And to me, like this entire scene... Actually, this entire B-plot is basically one big buildup to like one sight gag. And (laughs) that is when... What is that character's name uh who who was the guy who produced the original or the uh the other casablanca ending oh old jewish, old jewish man.
3: man yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> he doesn't have a name at the end of the scene when he's like i'll pay you 20 bucks to go bury that again and this one too and it's just it's a wonderful life killing spree ending.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Like i guess uh george Bailey could have so many jimmy stewart jokes I, I mean, I, that's very observational. That story could have went one of two ways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that he's broken by his reality and decides to in, to, to turn, uh, instead of uh, violence against himself, he turns against the town instead. Mm-hmm. That gag reminded me of the SNL yeah. alternate ending sketch from 80, 86 was when it aired. but
0: yeah. Actually, this whole bit reminds me of an episode of The Critic. So go back to Talking Critic. We talked about it back then. I think that was the uh, Duke Phillips gets a disease episode. What yep. was that one called again jay's oil jay's oil something like that i don't know we did the episode about it but duke phillips invents phillips which changes movies to make them more palatable and one of the things he changes is he makes a different ending to casablanca in that episode of the critics so they're very very similar
1: yeah it's a similar every happy ending with sam there to uh, play it again it uh though in that one i do love the line where his new ending has Sam say, stay tuned for the local news and Magnum P.I. Yeah, it's a
0: slightly better uh, joke, but, I did, but my biggest laugh in this scene is not only the question mark on the end, but the little mystery sting of music. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: it leaves it open for a sequel. I, um, I,
0: oh, I I really, my favorite
1: gag is that Hitler sounds like a Looney Tunes Hitler. Yeah, too. I, I Also
4: good. That's two Nazi references. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite episode. a lot. Uh, Matt Groening um, was
0: working on Futurama, so uh, they're uh, had lots <laughs> of fun.
4: So what was the episode with, um, talking about Nazis, uh, Mel Gibson, where oh. they remake that other Jimmy Stewart movie?
1: Is that uh, not... That's wh- Mr. Smith Goes to Washington as a movie, and that's... Uh, yeah. yeah, oh, it's uh,
4: Beyond Blenderdome. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. a season 11 premiere. We're a year-ish yeah. away from that. Well, six They months. remake
4: another Jimmy Stewart movie, and it also ends in a killing spree.
1: Oh boy, yeah, they had Jimmy Stewart killing sprees on the brain in the Mike Scully writers. <laughs> My tied line of the episode, though, is Here Comes Two. Here comes two is yes. very good. It's so uh, if you're watching any kind of countdown with friends and you see the number three, you have to say, Here comes two. It's it's the law. But uh, yes, Bart, Bart and Lisa hear from Old Jewish Man and they get a nice little dig at uh television executives
5: unbelievable i'll say wasn't it great and the question mark leaves the door open
2: for a sequel i've seen that movie 10 times and i never get tired of that ending oh yoi, where did you get this you shrunken old hag yeah <laughs> i'm just a little girl <laughs> my studio produced casablanca all right we tried to tack that happy ending on the picture because back then well Studio exets, we viva, we just dopes in suits, not like today.
5: What are you talking about? I loved it.
2: Ah, you're a sweet old gent to say that.
5: This should be in a
2: museum. Look, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 20 bucks to bury this thing again. This one too
1: dopes in suits not like today <laughs> <laughs> anytime simpsons can crap on executives i'm a, I'm a fan of that but the uh, it does feel like an extra joke though to make old jewish man a former studio yeah, executive yeah. too which again it's a lot of it's a lot of young jewish men writing this joke so <laughs> I, it's, I don't think it's <laughs> like intentional anti-semitism or anything but i think that's another component to the gag that's the total end of that plot line there so i guess uh you know bart and lisa uh, they got 20 bucks for it so hey it, it ended up being a net positive that uh, metal detector uh and then we head back to the pitch and putt and uh, there's there's a joke i didn't get uh, until now oh me too yeah. yeah when they uh so well first we get ned kind of i really like they should have done more of this with Maud, where mom was like not hit it into the windmill he's like Bingo! Like <laughs> she's she's uh, running out of steam with it. Yeah. like you know what? I don't have much more patience for well, this, Nettie.
0: She'll be dead soon.
1: <sighs> oh God! Uh, so grisly this episode. But uh, but yes, the ball rolls into the windmill and then doesn't come out the other end, uh, and that uh, that leaves people with some questions.
5: Now, the secret to the windmill hole is to not hit the blades. Bingo. Huh? That's odd. (laughs) It didn't come out the rear end. Rod, Uh. you got small girlish hands. Reach in and fish it out. A hand? Uh. Ow, Daddy! Something attacked me. Oh, now Roddy, it's just a stuck ball. I'll get it.
2: Truant ball, eh? (laughs) I'll help you.
5: Mm. Oh, quit showing off, Seymour. I'll mm. get it. Mm.
2: Mm. There's something in there. Oh. Feels like a hefty bag full of meat. We're huh? trapped. Oh. Oh, why can't they just
0: play through? So I do not to get too blue here, <laughs> but the ball did not enter Homer's butthole, but it at least graced it. It kissed I, his butthole. I
1: think that's the implication. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's I'm... a very specific scream that Dan does, <laughs> and then it didn't come out the rear end is the next line, yeah. so I feel like It's a ball going into a butt joke. I didn't get that joke as a
1: kid. I I only got it now. (laughs) And yes, that scream definitely is like, at the very least, the ball rolled into a tender area for Homer.
0: Uh, Fox is right about this episode. (laughs)
1: This is filth. (laughs) I also think that Homer was so stupid to smash Todd's hand as he reaches in there. (laughs) I love his, like, girlish, like, eek! Notice in the animation that the hole that the ball is supposed to roll out of looks normal at first, but for everybody to start oh. reaching into it, it has to grow by, like, ten times its <laughs> size. It's
0: huge. <laughs> it's so big.
1: I don't want to talk about expanding holes here, but it uh, is, is what happens. Sorry, sorry. But, uh, uh, and then, as they're all reaching in and touching Homer, Graining has a very good point on the commentary of, like, some of these people know they're touching a yeah. human. Yeah. Like, You, as an adult, you know you're touching bare human flesh, I would think. The description of a hefty bag full of meat. That's a funny, that's a funny line, too.
0: Yeah, uh, Edna gets a few zingers in this one. (laughs) She has no other place in this episode.
1: I guess she was playing there with Seymour. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Or, like, Seymour was secretly meeting with her there, because Agnes is there, too. Uh, Ah, you're right. hmm. I just love the incredible ridiculousness of everybody. Like, well, let's all reach in together. and ball, eh? (laughs) Uh, and so we come back from the commercial break. Everybody is still reaching around in there. And then we get to a line that was cut for UK broadcasts, which was uh, Mo saying that he wants to kill what's in there and monoxidize it. Well, that was cut. Oh, uh, wow. It. Why? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a rather dark joke, I guess. Yeah. And I, maybe it's also, uh, yeah. well, it's already an imitatable act of like any kid. Well, uh, had,
4: like, I'm just wondering maybe had like someone are, like recently been killed in like a ooh, high profile. Maybe. Yeah. I, in also, the UK at the time?
0: Maybe. I, I feel like it also feels like a, an extension of Moe's suicide uh, humor, oh, where yeah. you would leave your car running in the garage to kill yourself.
1: Of course. He knows all about the tube. He keeps that tube handy. For, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, why else would he have <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, why
4: would he have that Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, he does kill a lot of rats in his bar, too. So those are his just, rats. <laughs> he can kill those rats if he wants to. But apparently this episode just, in its first air order in Australia, didn't air. It was just deemed too mm. dirty. Dirty for regular Australia broadcastings. Marge and Homer are about to suffocate in there, so they have to jump out of there. As they run off in the smoke, nude, they have to leave their clothes behind in a, a sexy, dangerous game for the rest of this episode. Uh, and I do think Ned, at the very least, should know what Homer and Marge's clothes look like. Yeah, know yeah. it's them. It's,
0: they never change their clothes yeah. uh, in but, this world.
1: But yes, the, the reaction to finding the clothes is, is pretty
5: funny. It was people. People soiled our green. And now they're out there somewhere, naked as the day God made them. Oh. Boy, I tell you, <laughs> they only come out at night. Or in this case, uh, the daytime. You've got to catch them. Think of the children. Won't somebody please think of the children? All right, all right. Here you go, boy. Get the scent. <laughs> That's a shame. He
0: had one day left till retirement. Very good to give Mo the uh, Helen Lovejoy line. That was so funny,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And they decapitate Lincoln too, and they knock over. I think that's why they went with the windmill because it would allow the like helicopter decapitation gang. But uh, yeah, so they do. You get a few shots of Marge's butt. It, actually, if you if you go to the Simpsons wiki for this, there is like a frame by frame detailing oh. of every shot where you can see. Marge's butt or breasts in in a shot, like oh my god. So yeah, I think it's an interesting line they have to deal with there because Homer's been naked tons of times in the show to this point. But they can, and same with like Burns, they can get away with it because it is in no way sexual. Like, yeah, not the way they draw it or No censor would view it as such. With Marge, though, it like it is sexual. They draw her as having an attractive body, so you know you can you can only get like four frames of her butt every now and then in this but even that would be like totally out this whole episode by Nipplegate would be completely outlawed. They joke on the commentary too that they're like, "We couldn't do this now, but this airs at five o'clock in, yeah. in every station."
0: It is a post Nipplegate uh, era that they're yes. recording the commentary in. We're
1: talking about Janet Jackson's nipple, obviously. Mm-hmm. If you uh, her, if you're not cov- that
0: old, her yeah. covered nipple. Come on. <laughs>
1: you know I don't laugh too much at animal cruelty jokes, but man, that's funny. That dog yeah. destroyed by smelling his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> And that uh, that it comes with a later line on the newspaper that says, dog clings to life. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> oh.
1: This is, uh, actually, it was just a couple episodes ago we were hearing about how horrifying Homer's underwear was. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> because he only has one pair, and so... And they were uh, gray. <laughs> I guess he had to buy a new pair of underwear after this adventure, though. They run off, and then we get some very, like, uh, Austin Powers nude bomb kind of hidden nudity mm. comedy comedy here. Mm-hmm. Which this was another thing that made me feel old because I thought this episode came out a year after Austin Powers. Like Austin Powers was summer in 97 and this was May 98. I actually always in my head was like, no, a Simpsons episode I love must have happened before Austin Powers, right? Mm. But that's just how old Austin Powers is now. It's 22 years
0: old. I mean, to their credit, they didn't do an entire extended sequence of things covering up their privates. Yeah, it's just like yeah. one psych guy, which is funny.
1: Hidden nudity comedy is a, it's a, it's a fun, classy, uh, burlesque sexy fun that you can get away with in cartoons i i like i mean the austin powers ones were fun the funniest one in austin powers was when she just holds up a picture of breasts over her breast yeah. i think that was my favorite kid.
0: And i think mike myers just like being naked oh
1: i mean he wanted to hang out naked with beautiful women yeah. so he wrote he's like is this funny huh yeah
0: it's every every other page mike
1: <laughs> i think though i mean uh, i brought up the nude bomb the uh, the very bad get smart movie i've never
0: seen it i know of it
1: not good. Not, Not very good. good. No, I mean, uh, I think what's most interesting about it is that they, they, in Bond fashion, they get rid of his wife, 99, from it. And instead, he has a new uh, love interest who was the star of the sexy Emmanuel film. Oh, of the 70s. weird. It was like her American debut. I just know because that is one of the like the biggest box office bombs of all time, the nude bomb was. Anyway, I really do love the drawing of Homer and Marge uh, behind the lawn ornaments. That's a really, really great drawing, and they they get away like they draw side boob on Marge there. It's true, you know, like, they really are getting away with something. Homer gets a little titillated by it, but Marge immediately shuts it down. Like, no, 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 the public sex acts are over for now, Homer. They they keep sneaking around. They head to the uh, used car lots where prices are sky high.
0: Oh boy! So like, Gil was introduced in this season about halfway through. And he has been completely, fully, hundred percent Flanderized, where <laughs> he was, uh, you know, a desperate salesman who had a home because he brought one of the walls from home to make his cubicle. Uh, and then he was, you know, having tax problems. Now he lives in a hot air balloon, <laughs> and he's making payments <laughs> on a hot plate.
1: Oh God, it's so. You
0: fucking... doesn't go. You can't go past that. But it's like yeah. they they love him so much that like every time you see him, he's degraded more and more. But now. He is homeless <laughs> and cannot afford a hot plate. And hot
1: plates are like forty dollars. Yeah, like I, I mean, you could pay for a fancier hot plate, but uh, they 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 are known for their cheapness. So yeah, it's uh, they've really degraded Gil already. Though he's not yet on the phone with his wife and the man his uh, adultering with. You know. <laughs> they haven't done that joke yet, but yeah, this is really. I also like that Homer knows it's Gil, where it's like. Do you just mm-hmm. remember him from the IRS? Like, it's it's weird that it's always like, Gil, it's you. Like, it's like, you guys don't have much of a relationship yeah. to this point. But Dan Castellaneta owns his Gil oh. every single time. And
0: even the vocal <laughs> performance is so extreme, too. Like, yeah. this is where Gil would be for the rest of his life.
2: <laughs> Gil, thank God it's you. You gotta help us. Well, that's what I'm here for. I mean, you're young, successful, you're naked. You want a car with a radio, right? You kids like music, right? Huh? Wait, 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 don't go! Ah oh, no, not today, not to gill. I could taste that sail. I was in the zone.
5: All right, man, those nudies are here somewhere.
2: Fan out! We're surrounded, Marge. Maybe we should give ourselves up. But think of the scandal! Yeah, the British tabloids will have a field day. There's only one thing left to do. Ram onto the handles, Marge. Got him! Uh, <laughs> oh, they stole the balloon! I've been living in there. Well, just you know, just, just till things pick up. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, my hot plate! I only had two payments left.
1: So poor Gil, but the uh, I like how he's. His sale pitch is just like, you're young, you're naked, you like music, right? <laughs>
0: we don't have Gil living in the U store yet. Not yet. I forget when that happens, but uh, mm. it's coming soon. I uh, I
1: also like that when the cops arrive, they have their guns pulled out to shoot them. They're like, it's, they, they've escalated it quite quickly. It also reminds me too of the, you know, in the Simpsons movie when Bart got arrested for his nudity too. Like that's a lot of public nudity arrests for the Simpsons family. But I really like the little detail of like the two dimples above Homer's butt yeah. crack there, right? <laughs>
0: I like that. That was good. Good detail work on Homer. And the first time love handles have been used as actual handles. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I feel like that British tabloids joke is in the shadow of the death of Princess
0: Di. Because uh, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. uh, for British listeners out there, you might not know this, but like uh, for, I think for I would say at least for me. I wasn't aware of how awful British tabloids are in their own specific way different from American tabloids until Princess Di was pretty much killed by paparazzi. Like that's that's only when I think my generation got aware of British tabloids. Mm-hmm. They head off in the balloon, which, like, that's pretty awesome that it's a functional hot air balloon at the (laughs) car That burns, I don't know,
0: whatever they burn.
1: (laughs) Uh, I guess. uh,
0: guess, Hydrogen.
1: I've never been in a hot air balloon. It terrifies me. Oh, God. I don't know. If someone's like, oh, hot air balloon date, like, I would think they're trying to kill me. (laughs) This is your plot for the perfect murder.
0: (laughs) It's like if someone offers to take you out uh, on a boat alone. Don't do it.
3: (laughs)
1: You need other witnesses there. Nothing good ever happens in hot air balloons in TV shows or movies. No, so.
0: no. It's always a caper or uh, some sort of accident.
1: <laughs> you know, I think I was terrified of them from the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie, which about a third of it takes place in hot air balloons.
0: What oh, Muppet God. movie opens with hot air balloons? I believe that's a caper. Okay, yeah. Great Muppet That's caper. what I thought it. That made me nervous for all the Muppets <laughs> in those balloons. It's
1: so dangerous for those Muppets. I love them searching for clothes, like Homer grabbing the pants and then flying out. And this, the great drawing of Homer as he's looking up at Marge holding onto the rope. Like He looks like so sad and desperate there. And though it's in another, they have to find every angle they can to draw Homer without yeah. showing his pelvic area. it's a dangerous game with Homer. Like they gotta, uh, but his his gut can obscure a lot as as they can. Uh, And then I don't know how Marge creates that giant flame, but it's a funny line of Homer telling her like the (laughs) thing by the thing.
0: Yeah. The fact that it burns him outside of the basket area, (laughs) makes no sense, but it's just funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It does. Not everything has to make sense, but uh, then we get another great scene of the episode of, Homer being dragged across glass, which I think this scene also probably activated some kinks for some viewers out this, there.
0: This uh, is a parody of a real cathedral. The, uh-huh. uh, the, I think they even give it a parody name. It's also the Crystal Cathedral, okay. which was some uh, mega Catholic uh, organization uh, that was uh, created by a televangelist, basically. Uh, he did a thing called the Hour of Power. Oh, Uh, this weekly televised thing I think his son uh, does it now anyway there's a long history to it I didn't find any scandals but I'm sure there are if you build a 19 million dollar church a
1: televangelist with scandals I don't think Uh,
0: so but it it is actually in uh, Orange Park, California so if you want to go there it's still there
1: All right. when you said Orange Park I grew up in Orange Park, Florida Mm. so at first I was like it's in Orange Park, Florida no, no
0: no, they uh, floated to California.
1: <laughs> well, and the uh, the voice of the guy in this is also, I didn't know until re listening to the commentary that Dan based it on real life televangelist Robert Shuler.
0: Oh, that's him. Yeah. He was the guy that did The oh. Hour of Power and uh, had the megachurch. Okay. Yeah. So
1: that's why Dan's doing a voice like that,
0: too. Yeah. Then. Yeah. If you look up pictures of him, he's dead now. He died, uh, 2015, uh, something. Yeah. Semi recently, yeah. but, uh, it looks like him. It's him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But as you listen to this clip, Be in thoughtful prayer and stare at your floor.
0: Now,
2: let us thank the Lord for this magnificent crystal cathedral, which allows us to look out upon his wondrous creation. Now, quickly, gaze down at God's fabulous parquet floor. Eyes on the floor, still on the floor, always on God's
5: floor. Trying
2: to set her down. Issue? Wow.
5: A lot of people have pools.
2: Honey, my shoulders are separating. Okay, okay. Here we go. Dear Lord, look at that blimp! He's hanging from a balloon! Uh, Alright, <laughs> can we not land here? Honey, baby doll. <laughs>
0: I really enjoy that the church is so expensive, but the floors are just parquet floors, It's oh, like cheap linoleum. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that yeah, joke. Yeah, before. that's really great. Yeah, they anyway, spent
4: all the money on the walls.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: sure every comment on Patreon will be telling me about all the scandals. I'm sure there are many, but oh, I yeah. think the Wikipedia article for that was pretty biased. Oh yeah, I think so.
1: Somebody needs to update that Wikipedia article then. But the I just love that in the background of your home is like, oh my ass, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I also really like in all this like nude silliness. Marge just has a one-off line like, a lot of people have pools. <laughs> well, she wonders what well, she's I missing. I feel
4: like, is it just like a repeating landscape? Because it seems like just like a few stock things and like that was the joke, I thought. Hmm. oh okay
1: yeah maybe oh yeah Yeah. Uh, they're just going over Hanna-Barbera stuff uh, style but (laughs) she's like oh they all have pools that's weird
0: Marge is always wondering what's happening under her feet in cars (laughs) and blimps
4: (laughs) Um, Uh, glass bottom boats
0: yeah
1: I I love when they arrive to the line from Mel of like dear god look at that blimp he's hanging from the balloon that's such a good little gag
0: Mel is a good proclaimer of information (laughs) in the show
1: and uh, the shot of the balloon rising over the football game that's from the 1977 film black sunday oh, which okay. i have seen is that about a
0: terrorist event
1: yes uh, it's what yeah. if irish terrorists attack uh, you know what actually no i think they're a, a group of different nationalities terrorists but they oh,
4: that's nice they work together <laughs>
1: and their and their plot is to explode the goodyear blimp during the super bowl over the game, and I think it's like also kind of uh, it's got like nails in it and stuff. They're gonna fall
0: <laughs> off. Of it. <laughs> it's a good uh. little
1: afternoon movie to watch. I, I've seen it a couple times. Homer and Marjorie Landing. Homer, not only do they get the humiliation of being seen naked by the entire town, but Homer also. Makes the <laughs>
0: isotopes lose the game. The ball has been blocked mm-hmm. by a big fat <laughs> ball guy. <laughs> Another repeating joke here. <laughs> yeah. Well, Homer didn't turn into the ball. Yes. Like yeah. in uh, It's Good That Bart Did That.
1: <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so Homer and Marge fall to the ground. Everybody is aghast at their nudity. And then start taking pictures of them too because it's free camera day at the football game. <laughs> it's better uh, than dart day. Yeah, which... Uh, Homer and Marge, that's why they have to cut to the newspaper, because Homer and Marge are probably arrested out directly yeah, after this. Yeah, yeah. Even if they didn't mean to, they did kind of expose themselves to children. There had to be some children in the audience there, too. I, I do like that Marge and Homer just kind of let it go like, eh, whatever, let's just wave, like enough shame. Like let's just let's
0: just enjoy it. There's no exit from the situation.
1: And they cut back to the newspaper, that's where there's the dog joke on it. But also the until this time, I didn't get the gag is that Homer's breasts are censored as well with a black bar. Oh, you're March's. right. Uh, yeah. That's a good joke. Yes. Uh just and like earlier. Yeah, that they uh that in this world Homer's Chest yeah. is obscene.
2: Why don't you take a picture? It lasts longer. No! Oh! Well, it would have to be camera day.
5: Wow. Hey! I don't want you reading those awful scandal sheets. Uh, I was just trying to find Dave Barry's column. He's great, he pokes fun at life's little foibles. Because hmm. I want to explain about the stadium. You see, sometimes moms and dads get a little, well, accustomed
2: to each other. Dads especially. So (laughs) they
5: need to explore new ways to express their
2: love. Scary ways, but we never intended it to end like that, with thousands of people staring at our naked bodies. All those eyes
5: just leering and
2: leering at us? Who's in the mood for miniature golf? Ooh, I am Yay! Oh, oh, right now.
3: Huh.
5: They're gonna feel so silly when they realize they forgot us.
0: <laughs> it's great that Lisa is just quietly aware of the sex. She knows. <laughs> yeah. She knows. <laughs> So now, this just
1: keeps happening. Yeah, I, you should assume that for the rest of the series, they're often having sex in public places, secretly, not in front of people, intentionally. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, to you, a professional in this area, Merit, what do you? Do you what do you think of their love? Uh, what do you think of their love? <laughs> I, I try to find a w- right way to say yeah, this, but yeah, making um, bacon yeah, on the beach. I mean, there's
4: a few ways of talking about it. Um, I think it is. This episode is just like a very like. In ways, obviously, like it it goes into like a cartoony place, but in ways, it just is kind of very down to earth um, and realistic, I think, in that like, wow, 11 years is a long time to be with someone. It's like twice as long as I ever have been. And we know like scientifically that there are different kinds of like attraction. Right. And there's like limerence, which does go away after time. It kind of is like truth in television. And that is, I think, when you see a lot of of couples doing things like this. And the thing that I was talking about before that I was alluding to was uh, there has actually been... I've tried to avoid it as much as possible because I don't like to get into discourse on Twitter anymore, but there's been these huge debates about public sex on Twitter over the last month, specifically around pride. So it's sort of a different thing. Oh, I have
1: seen a little of this. uh, People
4: who have never been outside are like, have picked up this idea, I think from conservatives that uh, pride parades are just like free for all um, sex fasts. Mm -hmm. which like not true it's more like t-mobile is telling you to get their 5g plan so you can use (laughs) grinder or whatever um it's interesting because like there's this conversation like about like in the episode when characters are like think of the children and it's like yeah like how do we think about sex in public should that automatically be something that we're like oh you should be in jail for doing that Mm -hmm. um and is there a difference between like doing something like like i think there is a pretty clear difference between like doing something like in a place that is quote, public, but not like in the street and just like being nude out in the street. But like, man, it's complicated. There's all these questions around like public space and like who owns what and like are certain combinations of people like more inherently obscene than others. Like, Mm. you know, if I walk down the street and see straight people doing stuff, there has always been, I think, because of homophobia, Uh, this kind of assumption that gay people doing anything is obscene, right? Oh, yeah. Um, And this idea of like, oh, I don't want to see that. And so then when people are like, well, I didn't consent to seeing that. And there's this really interesting use of like consent language here of like, these people are doing something in public that I didn't consent to. They're exposing me to their kinks. And it's like, well, when you go outside, you're going to see things. And Mm -hmm. um that kind of argument of like, I didn't consent to seeing this. Like that's kind of what homophobes have been saying for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. How do I explain this to my kids? No, I didn't want to see this.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. That is a, well, that is something I don't like about how I think, Consent and all this conversation is so important, but sometimes people use that language for yeah. conservative purposes to be like, oh, yeah. well, let me let me start using this kind of consent language just to put you more in the closet or to get this yeah. out right. of my face. It's
3: like yeah.
4: a sneaky kind of way, and I don't even know that they always realize that they're doing that. I think they are coming – I think a lot of people, especially younger people, are coming from this place of like, no, like I am – crusading for this thing which is really important and these are things that i see as bad but like so it's not necessarily this kind of like a calculated move i don't think and also wow i'm getting really serious (laughs) on a podcast about a comedy cartoon this is those are the kind of things i think about and sort of talked about um in that column for mel i think this is probably fairly common like I'm surprised there wasn't like an airplane kind of a bit for yeah. this episode. I think that would be harder to work in probably, but I could see that also as being the place where it starts or whatever.
1: <laughs> well, I think I think in, you know, at least American so- sociology like there's there's still a feeling that like nakedness means sex and so I don't yeah. I like there's that wrapped up in it too I I can just say as a like a 37 year old cis gay man who's been to a number of pride parades I have definitely seen some stuff at some pride parade at the San Francisco one though it's not like every place you look or whatever like it's it's there They're still kind of rare incidences right but uh, but I'm definitely personally much more skeeved out by seeing like Lockheed Martin at uh yeah the pride parade, yeah then, or
4: like even just like going to the mall and like not to be like all like 70s feminist but like have you seen ads before <laughs> like perfume ads or anything it's just like softcore like straight porn yeah like, yeah so that that uh and I mean I
1: I think that is more damaging to children than seeing like I don't know, a topless member of Dykes on Bikes, for instance, or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I I don't know. Bob, do you want to weigh in on this as a straight? Uh, (laughs) My people have said enough about
4: this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, is there, I really hope the answer is no. Like, I'm really hoping as I'm asking this question. Is there an episode where Homer and Marge start doing like S&M stuff? You
1: know, I think there's definitely jokes. I, I believe there's like a hot candle joke. Definitely. Okay. But I don't think they go too far into that. I think, you know, there were definitely references to say like the gimp in Pulp Fiction, but I don't think mm. anything even regarding like close to actual S&M chat.
4: Yeah. Thank God. Um, but I guess that is like a question, right? Like how do you maintain a relationship? And I guess people come up with different answers to that. Some people, the answer is ignore all the problems, uh, (laughs) until one of us dies or we get divorced. Uh, another answer is like, well, we can see other people. And another one is like, we find ways to make it, more exciting i guess um and maybe for some people it's not even an issue well
1: i mean <laughs> if you got rid of this problem you'd you'd kill the cosmopolitan magazine industry yeah. seven
0: ways. oh to my god yeah there.
4: exactly right
0: <laughs> two words Just everybody like, Put a donut <laughs> around his dick. Oh, God. <laughs> Two words to solve every problem we're talking about here. Uh, sex dice. Sex Go down to Spencer's <laughs> Gifts for $8. You'll have sex <laughs> dice. Let the dice decide what the night will hold.
4: There is there is a Simpsons sex dice thing, right?
1: Oh, man. I can't think of a sex... Man, there must have been a sex dice joke. I don't remember. Oh, probably. There,
4: maybe yeah. it might be something... Maybe it might be a different, uh, different show. Mm-hmm. I definitely remember something that's like... Lick Nose?
3: Oh,
0: oh. yeah,
4: yeah Oh, Lick... No, no, no. It's... Uh, I think it is The Simpsons. Um, lick Eyes, Spank Hair, <laughs> Whisper Into Ass. <laughs> oh,
1: right. Whisper into ass. <laughs> I don't know if
4: this is... <laughs> is this something else? I don't know if this is from Simpsons or...
1: I remember that joke going around the whisper into ass one. I do remember that. But God, it's it's just in the comedy reference slurry in my brain. They did have a joke about Dave Barry, which felt very badly lip synced, yeah. too.
0: Towards the end of that line, Bart mm-hmm. looks afraid. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's very odd.
0: I wonder it's, what he was saying originally, but we always do. But
1: uh, making fun of Dave Barry is like the column equivalent of making fun of like Family Circus or Marmaduke. You're just like, yeah, it's just it's a comedy article that exists every week. You don't it, uh, nobody likes it.
0: I but. read a lot of Dave Perry. Up. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I was tempted in the comedy section at bookstores to buy his book, but I was like, ah, I could read comic strips and it'd be more fun than this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes, then we get, end the episode with Rocket and the Casbah, which just takes us out to, of the season, this end season nine, which you know, the way I taped episodes off TV, I would live with the finales much longer because they would be, I'd rewatch them even more over the dry summer months of No Simpsons, New Simpsons. And so this one always struck me as like, oh, this is a weird one to end the season on. Like, it's a
0: big moment for Martin Homer at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so, not quite as uh, of a low moment as the one that ended last season, which is the uh, military camp, military yeah, school. That's
1: that was. They really should have ended the season with Frank Grimes, but maybe they didn't want mm-hmm. to have too negative a feeling there. But uh, yeah, no, that military school, and this is a better finale than the military school episode.
0: But in a few months, you'll have your rare summer episode with Simpsons.
1: Yeah, yeah, all the way in August, we, they have to time with the premiere of that '70s show. That's why it went out then. But. That's a story for next week's episode. Mm-hmm. So, definitely the sexiest Simpsons episode oh, I watched yeah. in my youth too. But, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it came out at the time as the internet pornography was all was growing as well. So, I think it uh, showed many people the way to a, to an Alta Vista search engine and <laughs> so many possibilities.
0: <laughs> Lycos for me. <laughs>
1: You know, Alta Vista had better. You know, no, let's not talk about that. Yeah, I, hey, I know what
0: you mean.
4: <laughs> any last, any last thoughts on the episode? No, I just I can't get over the fact that this. I I really feel like you could do a whole like YouTube deep dive on the timing of this episode with the growth of the internet, hmm. with showing Marge's butt for the first time, and uh, really just chart the history of that kind of Simpsons like porn in ads. That again, I, I'm not actually confident that anyone has ever like actually sought out, but everyone knows we all there. know it.
1: We all yeah, know like it an oral somehow. history
0: of Simpsons porn banners. Someone write that. <laughs> yeah, this is like the genesis. <laughs> so Merritt, you're a special guest today. Can you tell us where we can find you? I know you've been doing some video game stuff lately. I was watching some yeah. of your E3 coverage. Yeah,
4: it was really cool. I'm kidding, yeah stuff now. So I'm a managing editor at fanbite.com. That's bite with a Y. And uh, yeah, we do all kinds of fun stuff. We do game stuff. We do some TV stuff, some movies, Uh, Right now, mostly games, Um, and I am writing sometimes. I'm mostly editing. I was doing some video stuff because I went to my first E3 this year, which was, let me tell you, a big mess. (laughs) I mean, it was fun, but also just like, wow, that show does not know what it is. I was there to do my job, and there were gamers whose badges said gamer on them who were upset that people like me got to go in to see a Borderlands trailer before them.
3: Oh, boy. They
4: paid to be there that well,
1: sucks Like because I,
4: priorities um, i haven't
1: been there in four years and you're not making me miss it <laughs> that shows no, mistreating gamer we, americans <laughs>
4: <laughs> we did get some good videos out of it though so um check out our video stuff at a. Uh, i don't know how youtube links work um i it's just fan bite on youtube yeah that i mean, works. just search youtube fan by you'll get there <laughs> Yeah, then I'm uh, I'm on Twitter too at Merrit K two R's two T's. Well,
1: thanks so much for coming back, Merit, and and uh, sharing with us your expertise as well.
4: <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> this was fun.
0: So thanks again to Merritt for joining us today. Uh, make sure you check out all of our stuff online. Uh, again, our E3 stuff is really funny. The videos oh, are great. Oh yeah, yeah, tons of fun. But as for us, if you want to support us and get every episode of this and What a Cartoon one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons and for the low price of five bucks a month, you'll get just that and all of our content behind the $5 paywall, including all of our limited mini series. the most recent of which was Talking of the Hill, an entire first season exploration of King of the Hill, and we'll have a new mini series coming up for patrons at the end of summer early fall so watch for it then you can only get it though if you're at that five dollar level and with that comes all the specials we've done since then and uh, you know community podcasts and the season wrap ups and so on there's so much stuff waiting for you if you sign up at five bucks you get access to everything we've done up to that point and everything we do into the future until the sun burns out or until the ocean levels <laughs> drown us all Henry and well, more positive news yeah what's going on at ten dollars well for our premium patrons at the ten dollar
1: level they get access to our monthly what a cartoon movie podcast where me and Bob talk for up to four hours about a different animated feature film once every month. This month's was Tiny Toon Adventures, How I Spent My Vacation, the summary direct-to-video film that we go deep, deep, deep into the history of, three hours, 40 minutes long, and you can only hear the full thing if you're a $10 and a patron. So sign up at that level or bring up your pledge from five to 10 and you'll get access to that
0: plus dozens of hours of our previous What A Cartoon Movie. Again, that is patreon.com slash talking simpsons. If you sign up today, you'll get a nice little code you can drop in into- to whatever you use to listen to podcasts or you can use the Patreon app to download and listen to all of our podcasts. Either way, you can fit us into your podcasting lifestyle. So as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast. Every Monday and occasionally on Friday, please go to retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast device. Find the podcast and subscribe to it. We have a lot of episodes waiting for you there. Henry, what about you?
1: You can follow me, Henry Gilbert, on Twitter at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g whenever new stuff goes live either on the free feed or the Patreon I tweet about it first and you will learn all about it if you follow me there as well as my many thoughts on animation politics and the like
0: all at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g on Twitter thanks so much for joining us folks we'll see you next week with Lard of the Dance the season 10 premiere
2: Just a shock at seeing all that food on the floor. Plus I'd just fallen on my back, which hurt more than I let on.